Welcome in. It is Jabbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, who covers, of course, WWE for the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. I don't do any of that stuff. I'm just a nerd who watches sometimes and then comes in and talks about it. And that's how this whole system works. If you've uh, been with us before, we, you know, this is, I did finally do the math, Aaron. This is number 19. It's a pretty strong run. This week. It is surprising that we've made it this far. I would have assumed that either we would have pissed somebody off and they would have said, that's the end of this. Or that we would have just gotten bored that during the <clears throat> the lean months, we would have said, eh, we can go ahead and skip a couple. <laughs> maybe we get back. Maybe we get a monthly podcast. Maybe we just do it the week of a pay-per-view. But no, we've... And the fact that we've been able to find the time every week to do this is pretty remarkable well, I don't when know you we, think about it. Well, also, my, my wife wanted to let you know that uh, when I we end up divorced, she hopes that we live a happy life together. That's what she said uh, recently. And I understand where she's coming from because... Um, Hey, we'll have the WWE Network at we our will, place. Right. <laughs> hey, coming up on today's show, our main event, God, our third co-host, who we were able to kick off for a month, which was, I got to tell you, really pleasant. I mean, it was really pleasant to not have to deal with him for he, a month. he calls himself the main event. It seems like, you know, when Tank Abbott was in the main event in WCW oh, God, and, then, yeah. and then went oh, away. Jesus. Yeah, I think that's really the main event that Did we're Tank talking Abbott about. Tank Abbott fight Kimbo Slice? Do I remember that correctly? Very pod. I, I don't. I, the only thing I remember about Tank Abbott was the great, uh, great role he had in Three Count. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. That was fantastic. Wow, that's good. Uh, all right, yeah. AJ France is the Miami Dolphins, one of their defensive linemen, and of course our resident ec- expert. Is that what we call him? Our resident apologist for the WWE will check in a little bit later on to help us preview Battleground, which comes up this Sunday night on pay per view in the WWE Network, which I believe you can get every month for. Thirteen forty-four inflation. I believe Gotta hate that is inflation. Uh, the amount that it costs for you to get the WWE Network. Uh, so we will talk to AJ France. Uh, Fr- AJ France. What is going on with he's me? A AJ- French, he's a French American. Yeah, like right? he's, Rob, uh, he's Rob Conway. <laughs> there we right? go. Uh, we'll talk to AJ Francis a little bit later on in the show. We'll start first of all by telling you that uh, today's show brought to you by WrestleCrate. God, we love WrestleCrate. Aaron can't stop talking about WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate's great. I'm wearing a um, shirt I got from WrestleCrate right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. You've, you've worn the shirt in before, actually. Yeah, I have. You, it's amazing. Is it? Do you do, um, uh, like our pal uh, uh, Chad Dukes, do you do like Wrestling Shirt Wednesday? No, I just... Because I'm pretty sure you've worn a wrestling shirt every time we've done the show, and I've never known if that was because we were doing the show. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's because, you know, I but don't... you know we're not on video, right? Like... Right, but at the same time, I don't always wear my wrestling shirts out. If I'm going somewhere, you know, I'm not mm, one of those guys understand. who... I, I know guys who do you feel this is a safe haven for your yes, wrestling gear. Exactly, it's not even just a safe haven, but like I've seen people in our business wear wrestling shirts to work and stuff. Yeah, I don't really do that that much. Okay, so this is a place where I know, hey, I can wear my wrestling shirt. You know, it's funny. I was such a big wrestling shirt guy when I was young, but I totally got out of it in like my mid twenties. I just stopped. But you know what it was? Is it was like my rebellion against the prices of wrestling shirts. But now with all this online stuff, I know you that like get you can get plenty it. of good stuff for like yeah. cheaper prices, and I understand that. But I, I now no, I, I agree with you. Now like I feel like I'm behind the game is what it is. Like, well, I, 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 I couldn't still. possibly compete with other people's awesome wrestling shirts. I didn't. I think I got my. I started really probably about a year and a half ago is when I started really ramping on my really? wrestling shirts. Wow, stuff. I didn't realize yeah. it been that recent. Yeah. Well, I know this much: if you get a wrestle crate. It will include a T-shirt every month from um, uh, Barbershop Window or Pro Wrestling Tees. And those T-shirts alone, $19.99. Your WrestleCrate package will start at just $15. So right there, it's worth it. And that's without all the other awesome stuff that you get. 
from Mattel and Funko and Fathead and Tops and autographed. What did you just get autographed last month? Uh, Colt Cabana yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's just thrown and in. And I got, I got Abyss the month before, which doesn't suck. That doesn't suck either. Just thrown into your WrestleCrate. It's a great gift to give the wrestling fan in your life. Think about this. $15 a month for 12 months. Do that math. It's not that much. That's 180 bucks for a, a year's worth of WrestleCrate. A year's worth of, of goodness. If you are a female that has a male wrestling fan in your life, this would make a perfect anniversary gift. If you're a male, male who is, a, is a female yeah, wrestling I was, I was fan going in to your say, life. This is not a... I was getting there. You calm down. I just want to make sure that we speak to our female audience, which I sh- assume is rather large. I mean, it has to be, right? Doing a good job there. Um, yeah, WrestleCrate.com is where you find out more. And uh, they got... What did they just announce a couple weeks ago? The in, uh, the Elite Invasion, right. which is uh, the, the Elite line from Mattel is one of their big... They're big lines for wrestling things. Awesome. Every box, every ultimate box, I believe it is, will include one. And I know this includes a brand new Sting action figure. That's what uh, they're really hyping up. Some of these boxes will include Sting action figures, which looks pretty awesome. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, no freaking doubt about that. All right, very cool. Wrestle Crate, appreciate. Jay sent me. Oh right, uh, you get ten percent. Oh my God, how did I almost forget about that? I don't know. You get ten percent off your Wrestle Crate just by going and using that code. So I said it starts at $15. It doesn't have to. It can start at $13.50 if you use the code J-O, as in jobbing out, sent me. J-O sent me, WrestleCrate.com. All right. um, So much to get to. Let's start by talking about what happened on Monday Night on Raw. And there's some other things I want to touch on, but the obvious big story, the big moment of the night was the thing that we've kind of been waiting for for the last few months, as the Divas division has been awful. <laughs> really, really I bad. mean, an abomination over the course of the last few months. And that is, when will the reinforcements arrive? When will they send in for the gals of NXT? And we finally got that moment on Monday night in the weirdest way it could have ever happened. Yeah, I'm not going to say it was bad. It wasn't bad by any stretch. It was just... I mean, there's an argument that you could call it bad, but because you got... Yeah, you got you got them there, so just the fact that they were there means it can't be bad. Right. It was just, you know, they built this situation where Paige was, you know, the underdog. Paige was, you know, getting Page three against, on one attack. Paige against the world. Paige against the world. And so, you know, she needed reinforcements, and it seemed very logical she would go down to her home, go down to NXT, and find some of those girls that she loved so much to bring up. That seemed like a perfectly logical one. Instead, they do the weird th- this weird thing with Stephanie McMahon. I love Stephanie. I, Don't get me wrong. Stephanie I, is great. I think Stephanie has been one of the better characters in WWE programming for the last year. Having her come out in a babyface role. Let, let, it was a babyface role. Correct. And, and do the whole speech about how women well, are taking let's, let's over Let's start the with world. something. We don't really know that the Bellas are heels. <laughs> you got to start with that. We don't – you're, you're yes. saying that, and you're right. Like, based on – Either – well, it wasn't a heel role. It wasn't a heel role. Right, that Stephanie was in. No yes. doubt. It certainly wasn't as a heel. But keep we in mind, we do not know who the faces we, are and we, who the heels are. We think are. Naomi is pretty solidly heel, but... We think! But, and we'll get to that, we don't know. Anyways, so you have Stephanie come out, you have her give her speech, which was cool, t- talking... Oddly, it was it was weird for her to mention mixed martial arts, considering presumably she'll be feuding with Ronda Rousey if she right, comes yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a good so point. So that's a little odd, but, you know, obviously the U.S. soccer yeah. thing and... 
Supposedly, this actually was supposed to happen a few weeks from now, but because of the U.S. women's team, they pushed it up. They wanted to, like, play up the girl power angle? Yes, yeah. Okay, that just doesn't make any sense for Stephanie to be the one doing it. Right. It makes... Look, I, here's where I get it. There's two things that are going on with Stephanie. One, they have sort of off-camera try to build her up as this strong female, um, a dominant executive... Um, Show what women can do in this business. Right. She yes. is up for um, some, some award right now, right? But they've, they've shown her, like, her interactions with um, Connor the Crusher. Yes. They've, they've had these two different personas. And, and, and when the Give Divas a Chance thing came around, like, she really was hyping that up. It's like, oh, girls can do anything. Like, And the problem is it has spit in the face of what her real on-air persona has been, which has been this – awful, wretched person that... The billion-dollar princess. Correct. Yes. Well, but it's not just... No, no, but the boss, the billion-dollar princess turned into a boss. Turned into a boss and a terrible boss. Yes. A, an awful, a power-hungry... Vindictive. Correct. Yes. That's the character that they've really had Stephanie McMahon. So I, I have sensed they've wanted to shift away from that for some time yeah. because I do think it p- reflects poorly on what she's built away from on air. Correct. I don't think it's a good juxtaposition, and I think that the McMahons learned a lot from going through Linda McMahon's Senate, Senate run, right. where so much of what she had done on air was now being thrown in her face Correct. when that was just the work of a character and completely unfair. Right. So I could sense that they wanted to turn, but they've never really done it. Right. They've just never had a moment where they turned Stephanie face, which is why it makes no sense for her to be out in that role, in that but capacity. The, the funny thing is they're doing it with Triple H, too. Right. Like well, they're, I, they're, they're doing their... They're, Making it so when they come out as the seat when and I, I don't know if this is for sure, but they when they come out, they're announced slightly differently when they come out as the neutral authority role versus their yeah. characters. Yeah. Like I think they, they play they might say owner instead of COO or something like that, uh, when it comes to Stephanie. And so they're I think what they're trying to do, they're just not doing a great job of explaining this, is that yes, there is Stephanie the the you know the bitch for for right, for right. lack of a better word and there is Stephanie the executive and this was Stephanie the executive coming out why she was coming out for the Bellas considering that consider again in character she should love the Bellas and she has loved the Bellas well except for when they faced each other at SummerSlam last year well but even then she I mean she, Nikki was the appointed yeah, child that's the point right Nikki that's was, point. and now it, Nikki is the head of that so. Yeah, that part. Okay, so we start with that being weird. And it is. It's very weird. And why Stephanie cares. Like, if Stephanie was the GM of the Divas division, right? If there was some scenario where she had been given authority over the Divas division, it would make more sense for her to be the one coming out and doing it. It just didn't make any sense. I think it's one of the problems you have right now where there is no real authority. Kane Kane is is the authority. Director of operations. Right? And the only one filling. Triple H is there. But he's not really filling an on-air role. Stephanie's been there, but she hasn't been really filling an on-air role. This would really be Kane's role. Maybe at some point, just again, to tie things up, you announced that Stephanie has taken on the role as the GM of the Divas division. It would be logical, right? It would be a logical thing to do. But without that, it just makes all of this very awkward. It spits... You're trying to do six different things at the same time. To be fair, she's done this before. I remember when AJ was there, and AJ was running roughshod over everybody. It was Stephanie who came up and said, you know, I'm the leader. Well, but remember, that was a terrible moment. It was. I agree. That was I, a I'm terrible. Just, I'm just saying, they have set up in the past that, for better or for worse, Stephanie kind of is a, becomes hands-on 
with the Divas division. They've set it up. It's not great. It's not perfect. But it's not like this has come completely out of nowhere that she suddenly cares about the Divas division. All right. Let's, um, let's get past Stephanie. Yeah, Stephanie. So Stephanie was, was weird number one. But then, you know, she brings out – I think it was, it was interesting that the first person she brought out was Becky Lynch. I thought that was an interesting Why? aspect to it. Because out of the three, Becky Lynch is by – she was the one I don't think people assumed were gonna be, was going to be coming up. I think everyone knew Charlotte was going to be coming right. up. There was a, you know, no doubt about that one. People thought, okay, maybe Sasha's. Becky was – Becky only recently has really started to be that big main event in the – and main event both in the Divas and overall yeah, yeah. when it comes to NXT. I love Becky. Becky is my favorite of the group. I, I really love Becky's work. But she's – She's the smallest of the three, like, as far as what her prestige is. So it was interesting that of all the three to come out first, it was Becky. And it just, it took me off guard a little bit, but it was very cool because I was excited to see Becky. It was great. Then Charlotte came out, so you saw that group of three. And I was like, okay, there's your three against the Bellas. Perfect sense. Perfectly logical. Then they do the thing with with Naomi and Tamina, which, again, them coming out made perfect sense. They've been working together. They've been... Well, they, they've been working together. And, and they feel like they've been jobbed. They and, feel and, like and they... cut in line. You, you're sending, you know, Becky... Who's Becky Lynch to jump me in line when I demand more titles? You know, All I've ever done is pin the Divas the champion, champion a million times. Exactly. Makes perfect sense. Here's where it got weird. So they bring out Sasha Banks. Everyone loves Sasha Banks. They pop for Sasha Banks. For some reason, Sasha Banks joins them. Right. I don't quite get it. They didn't really explain that. Um, there's an obvious explanation for it, as she's she's the minority. <laughs> you know, she's she's oh. part black, and it kind of fits oh, together. Okay. And I mean, that's what jumped out at me is that they were kind of putting. You know, people have joked that Naomi's new character is kind of, it's kind of like Sasha Banks's character. Hmm. But they didn't really explain why Sasha would want to back up Naomi and Tamina. It also it was odd that. You know, all three of them. And this has been a pet peeve of mine when it comes to Kevin Owens. And we've talked about this before that, you know, the Titan Tron they show is the NXT Titan Tron. Okay. You know, the big NXT logo there. They show the, the yellow lighting and stuff. Um, I kind of get it for one time. You know, they're coming up from NXT. I don't like the fact that they are representing NXT when they're on the main roster. When they're not representing NXT. This Correct. isn't an NXT Correct. invasion. It is there. And for two months, Kevin Owens had had that logo on there. He's now stopped using it. It just seems kind of lazy, right? It's not good. But it makes it especially lazy when Sasha is not on the same team as Becky and and Charlotte. And not only are they not – we don't know what they're on teams for. And this is the biggest problem It's not Survivor Series. You've (laughs) created these three individual teams, but to accomplish what? Are are you fighting against – is there a match? Okay, what does the winner of that match get? Why is Sasha backing up, or why are any of them, why is Charlotte backing up Paige if this is going to be, you know, I wouldn't, if Charlotte wants the title, Charlotte wants the title. If this is ultimately for the Divas Championship, then... Charlotte should want to win. Becky should want to win, you know, especially Mm -hmm. Sasha. Sasha is the NXT champion. Right. She shouldn't be backing up Naomi or Tamina. None of this makes a lick of sense. Not a lick. But it did get us that image of the three right, NXT which I know teams. you were particularly happy oh, about. Oh, I, I loved – I mean, I thought it was, you know well, – And that's why I, I, something – doing something to bring those three up and making them their own sort of faction, they're going to run roughshod, or they're just, hey, we're going to introduce some new blood yeah. to the Divas division. Now you got to deal with these three too. You think you're dominant, but now you got to deal with these three. That's interesting. But it felt more like 
we've made these decisions not really knowing why we've made these decisions, so let's make some more that don't make any sense. Right. At some point, someone has to clean up this mess in the Divas division and say, here's why any of this makes any sense. I mean, if you're asking me, it, it gunned to my head why they did it, and I was thinking kind of cynically, yeah. I would say this is the way, a way to keep the belt on Nikki Bella, have her break AJ Lee's record without making it feel too awkward. Because if they turn this into a bunch of trios matches without the title on the right, line... Right, then she doesn't have to keep defending it. She doesn't have it, to right. keep defending no. it. The cynical me thinks that's a big part of it. No, and look, I'm not telling you that's impossible, and, and I certainly wouldn't put it past them that that's what they care about here. I, I would, however, um, suggest that you need to make a match. Well, there's and no... that would be... The issue that, that's what this is, right? Like you're gonna have these. Tri- okay, well, you've got to. Here's a scenario where any of this would make sense, right? Any of this would make sense if you said at battleground the three teams are all facing each other in this weird three on three on three match. The trios match has been done before. It's big in lucha. It's it's weird. It's you know what I mean. But it's essentially series of triple threat matches, right? right? That every team can have one person in at once. Whichever team win- gets the pin, they win. Right. Right. Yeah. Then you have, you say, that winning team, those three will face each other at SummerSlam. Well, depending on who it is. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if... If um, if Team Bella won. If Team Bella won, then those three face each other for the title. Right. Um, if... Then you can just say, we'll strip... Uh, uh, or those three get to face... In a, in a four right. fatal four-way match with Nikki Bella for the title. Something right. that makes any exactly. of this make any sense. But nothing of it makes a lick of sense right now. It just feels very forced and awkward and because... Just like the rest of the Divas division. And that's the problem. <laughs> this, the, the, we were so excited about the arrival of the NXT, Diva, the NXT women because it was going to clean up this mess of a Divas division. And instead, you're just throwing more into the mess right now. Now, can they fix it? Sure. Like, the way they have this to do the work up, to fix it. Yeah, the way this is set up, there is... Compa- you know, if they establish why Sasha is with Naomi and Tamina... If they establish why everyone's working into trio groups, if they say, you know what, we're going to build on trios. We like the idea of a lucha, you know, a lucha style trio match, so we're going to do it with the divas here. If they explain any of that, that makes sense, you know, or they show it to us. But you got, as you said, got to put in the work. You can't treat the divas division the same way. You can't, you know, the wrestlers were never going to fix the divas division. The problem, as much as people complain about Nikki Bella, her work rate is fine. It, you know, it's not great. It's not as good as Becky or Charlotte or Sasha. But it was fine. It was very much passable. Uh, 100%. The matches, for the most part, have been good for the past few months. I agree. It's been the nonsensical booking, the just ridiculous, you know, not caring about heels, faces, or whatever. And putting Charlotte and Becky and Sasha in that mix doesn't help it that. Hurts them. It hurts you. It hurts them. It hurts everyone in the process. It does nothing to help. And, and the, the answer, sadly, probably comes back to what we saw Kevin Eck write about once upon a time and what we've kind of accepted about the Divas division. That there are no faces, there are no heels, and that's not going to change. The Divas division just exists to have women catfight with each other. That's the purpose which, of the which Divas would, division. Which would be awful with what they've done I, so much for their characters I'm, down I'm, in NXT. I'm with you. I hate yeah. the notion of that, but... Did, yeah. Did, right. No, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think the other awkward thing to me, and this was just a very slight thing. It wasn't. It wasn't big by any stretch. Um, now, what are you going to do with the NXT title as as NXT Women's title? Because 
the NXT, for better or for worse, has really been built around the women. It is the one thing that truly, yes, you've had all the great matches. You've had Zayn Owens. You've had, you know, everything with Zayn, everything with Balor, everything with Owens, everything with everybody else. But the one thing that stood out more than anything else has been the women. The women, more often than not, uh, main event the house shows that they've right, done. Right, right. And that's what you've built around. And that's not to say there's, you know, you can have them work double duty, and I'm sure they will, you know, next week, or this week, I guess it is, uh, Sasha and Charlotte are facing each other. Hmm. And, I'm, you know, Sasha will continue. But if they're also going after the Divas title, then, you know, it, it would feel weird if Sasha was defending the NXT title while going after the Divas okay, title. Okay, the other thing I think that's worth keeping in mind is they just announced that they're doing an NXT night the night before um, SummerSlam yeah. in the Barclays Center. And, and that's probably and, going to be. And they're, they're not leaving before then. They will be on no, NXT right. through that right. event. And I think specifically, you want them on big TV to help promote that event. Yes, yes. I think that's part of the reason why you do it this way is because it gives you a couple more weeks right. of having them on the main well, roster. I'm just wondering, you know, let's say they, let's say by the end of SummerSlam they're all gone. Where does that leave the NCAA's division? Because they're still they're still good talent. At. Bailey is still down there when she comes back from injury, and she's going to be you know kind of viewed as the top diva there. You have Emma back down there, who, right? It wouldn't shock me if she's the one who, depending on how severe Bailey's injury is, I don't know exactly. It was a broken hand. I don't know exactly how long she's supposed to be out. But if you told me that Evil Emma beats uh, Sasha for the title, I could buy that. Is Evil Emma a thing now? Oh, Eva, and it's fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. It, it's amazing. Okay. Uh, Dana, and, and you have some up-and-comers. You have uh, Dana Brooke. You have Alexa Bliss. You have Carmella, all of whom are good but don't seem quite ready for that step yet. So it, it's an interesting position where they are somewhat – neutering NXT at, at this moment. Um, and, and this is going to be something that we see a well, lot as I, NXT becomes bigger. But, and I, but I think they do it specifically post. They're going to do a big event, and that, that August event kind of becomes like a, a, a graduation ceremony. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I agree with you. I'm just saying in September, in October, where does that leave NXT? Well, I think it gives them this month to sort of position themselves for that. Right. I, I actually don't have a problem with that so much. Because I don't have a problem with it. I just It's something to keep in mind with all. I also think that we're going to see more of the kind of flirt. As I said before, I could see more scenarios where guys that just weren't getting a lot of work on the main roster are asked to come in and, and shoot some life into NXT a little bit. Right. And, you know, who that guy is right now. Oh, I just thought of who actually they are going to probably push hard on NXT as who? much as it's going to make people cringe. Eva Marie. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Oh, that's... They definitely yeah, will. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> they definitely will do that. There is no freaking doubt. Oh, that's, man. That's People where you're People are going to go nuts on that. Well, oh, but the only thing about that, too, is keep in mind, they want her on television. Yeah. They, they want her to be a celebrity. Yes. So maybe they don't. Maybe they just sort of say... Well, but she is... You know, she's training with Brian Kendrick. I, I, yeah. I hear you. I mean, I, I get it, but they didn't send her down to Florida, right? Like, they sent her out to California... They want her near Hollywood. They think that she is a. No, she. I mean, she can't. She's been on NXT. She I, I, a few I, weeks ago. Right. Oh, I, but you're what saying, I'm saying is, I don't know that they want her making an NXT run because I think they want her on television. Well, but she was on NXT two weeks ago, saying like, ah, "I'm so glad to be down here where all the divas, you know, like right. this, this, yeah." 
Well, then, yeah, that sounds problematic. That sounds problematic. Well, and who knows? Maybe Kendrick did pull the miracle. No. There's zero chance of that. We said that about Trish Stratus, to be fair. And I'm not saying even Maurice Trish Stratus. She is certainly. You, sir, I know John Kennedy. You, sir, I know Jack Kennedy. You, sir, I know Jack Kennedy. No. But, I mean, at the same time, it, you know, you can't write Eva Marie off yet. Trish Stratus was beyond all. She was as bad, if not worse, than Eva Marie okay, is now. I can hear you saying that, but I'm not buying it. <laughs> well, I, just go back and watch. No, I'm not, the, I'm not saying I'm not buying that Trish Stratus oh, is but bad. No, she's, I'm not saying that Eva Marie is going to be an all-time great. Just that yeah. I'm willing to give her a chance. All right. Well, I, I'll give the rest of the divas a chance. How about that? <laughs> um, are we good on the, the divas? Thing? Anything else we can I touch so. on? I, and, I mean, I feel like we, we just spent 20 minutes talking about how negative it was. It was a great. Like I said, no, I no, love it was, the I, It was I, not great. It was a cool thing it, to it have was, them it there. It was very cool. It was a very cool moment. And again, yeah. with, with all, you know, so much of it is we think about images. We think about, you know... Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 holding up his arms. We think about, you know, Shawn Michaels crying into the title. That's an image we are going to remember. You're, you're saying that, but I, I already don't think of it as much as I think of the other, the awkwardness of how it happened. That, to me, is much more significant. I think there could be an image. I think there could be an image of those three at, you know, at, at a pay-per-view somehow aligning together after one of them wins the the divas title something like that it, it'll just it's you know it's interesting they they've brought them up now they will always be forever linked they are the you know with bailey the four horsewomen right. of of wrestling right um so they will be forever linked now it'll be interesting to see exactly what they do i i'm i'm curious i'm i don't have trust in the wwe but I'm curious and I'm hopeful. All right. Well, I hope you. I hope that pays off. But I don't trust the WWE either. Right. I certainly don't trust them when it comes to the Divas division. Uh, just a couple other notes from Monday night uh, because we're not going to do our typical last Monday night segment since we're previewing Battleground in segment number two. Um, I, the return of Stardust ended up being one of the most minor parts of the card, which was a little bit interesting because you would have thought that would have been one of the more significant. Hey, come on, it main evented. What are you talking about? I, well, no. Technically, it was, it the, was main the, last match. Match it the main event match. It was the main event match. It was not the main event. <laughs> um, a couple of things here. One, what was the tweet that Cody sent out that he pulled back down? How did that read? All right, let me, uh, hold on, let me pull that up really quickly This here. is the awkward part. The awkward part is that other than Michael Cole making a passing comment about it being his first appearance. And Sardis did drop, he did drop a, I can't remember exactly which line it was. Oh, uh, things like, things say the same from where I'm, where I'm at. Okay. Whatever, whatever that line, that, that was a dusty line. They were just some passive, it was not, I think most of us were expecting a big moment with recognizing the boys mm-hmm. or at least the one that was there. Right. In, for the first time since Dusty had passed away. Right. That did not come. Did that not did happen. not happen. And a lot of people were upset. You know, they thought, oh, they, you know, some people called it outright disrespectful. That they yeah, they blame the WWE for it. Uh, here's what Cody tweeted. He quickly took this down, but of course, nothing is down for good it's on the internet. internet. Uh, Trouble seeing some people think I'd allow or be comfortable with the worst thing that's ever happened to me be exploited on TV for a return, which I think is a very fair thing to say. It's a it, very fair thing to say. Again, and I hate that I think this way. Assuming it's true and not just, hey, man, we need you to go put out a fire for us. Can you tweet something? And I, I don't have any reason. I, I think it is because his uh, his wife also tweeted out something. It was on Facebook, so it was a much longer thing about how people who are saying that 
you know, they're being disrespectful or what, you know, whatever. This is ridiculous. Like, you guys didn't know Dusty. You guys don't know Cody. Uh, it, this is all ridiculous. You guys can't be saying, you know, you guys can't say this. You didn't know them. You don't know what you're talking about. I think that some of the frustration is that we saw this as a way for him to just get rid of the Stardust character. And frankly, the Stardust character has just gone stale. Now, there was clearly something set up involving him and Stephen Amell from... Um, Arrow. The, yeah, crack, the, the Arrow. And Which I'm excited for just because I'm a big Arrow fan. And I think that he's, he's a big enough wrestling fan. And, like, you know, at Comic-Con, he cuts this... He kind of cut a WWE... He said, even said it on Twitter, here's my first shot at a WWE promo. Right. Comes out on stage as uh, the Arrow and cuts... You know, kind of sounded like a Dolph Ziggler promo, and, quite frankly. And, and that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred Miz Amel versus Stardust Amel. Yeah. I just – yeah. nothing about that. And the other thing, too, is you're doing this at SummerSlam because he's a celebrity. That's fine. But can the guy wrestle? We don't know. Like, it's one thing when you throw a non-wrestler into a match. Like, you do a trip – you know, a, a three-on-three he's, match. He's athletic enough. Like, it's, it's not going to be – I mean, the question is, can he do any moves? That, that's the big question. Because he's definitely, he's not a guy who's just going to be out there and, you know, this isn't Johnny Knoxville going out there and being ridiculous out there. Like, he's yeah. athletic enough. He's, he's, you know, if he wasn't an actor, you could absolutely see him as a wrestler. Okay, but, like, being a wrestler right. is a right. totally different world exactly. than being an athlete. Exactly. That's my, my issue is, it, again, this would be one thing if it was Golden Stardust against Stephen Amell and insert name here. Right. And that person could carry the match and every now and then could tag in Stephen Amell and he could right. do the little bit that he could do and then right. you get back out. If this just ends up being Stardust versus Stephen Amell, like, eh. I'm excited for the build, not so excited for the match. Yeah. And, and I, I guess here's, here's the other question, um, especially with after what Stardust tweeted out, which was he had his basically his hit list of heroes. Right. Which, by the way, I liked his promo. I really did yeah. enjoy his promo and talking about the villains, and I loved that intro with the comic book thing. Well, um, that part was very cool. <laughs> that was phenomenal, and they need to do that more often. But after the show, he like wrote in I guess, like, some sort of makeup on a mirror. He was like, Heroes List, crossed out Neville, and the next one was Green Arrow. Yeah. So is this going to be the Arrow against... Uh, oh, so you have him do it in character. You have him do it, which, which kind of makes things a little... I don't know if it's more interesting, but it's it's... Add something to it. I yeah, think. and for the people that don't really watch, don't have no idea what Stephen a- Stephen Amell is, it helps them be interested in it too. Right. Um, yeah, I could see that being interesting. I, I I guess the other thing I would say to, to Cody is, man, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I would never tell someone how to grieve, but it is not a stretch to suggest that um, business would tell you, you do reference this, that in the history of wrestling, you don't pretend like something didn't happen. Right. At the same time, you know, we, we said it at the same, you know, when, when Dusty passed, Dusty would have said the show must the go show on. The show absolutely must go on. But giving them a moment. You, you, they should have had the moment. But again, if, if the show must go on and they're determined to do Stardust and Amel, it would be hard to do that moment while still keeping Stardust as the heel I, for I, that feud. I, I get that. I get that. That's The whole thing is tricky. I, I understand that. But it's um, – I, I think what I would say to Cody, and I'm sure that he's thought about this before, is that the moment is as much for the fans as it is for anybody else, is to say your fans love you, want to have a moment for you, 
And if it's just a, I can't. If if that's the answer is this is too painful for me, I can't do it. I hear you, and I would never tell somebody, you know, let let me explain to you how you should deal with your father passing away. But it is it is tough, and the history of the business would say you do acknowledge it in some way, in some way, and that's right. the only thing I would think about. That that I think I, I understand where fans are frustrated. If if it, if it was unprecedented, right? If if Chavo Guerrero never recognized Eddie passing away, you know what I mean? Like and stayed if, Kerwin White. <laughs> what's that? And if he had stayed, stayed Kerwin, Kerwin White. White, right? Like if those if there if there wasn't a history of there being recognition of these things, I would understand more exactly where Cody's coming from. But everything about the history of the business says when something like this happens, and someone who was close to that person is is still performing that you do address it in some way. And I'm not saying that you have to be, you know, immediately become the American dream Cody Rhodes, right, and, and try to live off that for the next three years. But it does leave fans feeling empty when they see you for the first time and they don't have the opportunity to acknowledge, hey, man, we're grieving for you, with you, whatever it is. You know, we're grieving too. That's the part that's difficult. That's all. That's all I would say in response to what Cody's saying. And, again, it's his father. You know what I mean? Like, If he doesn't want to, that's all. Yeah. If this really is a case of I have no interest in dealing with, I I don't want to do it that way, then I'm all, I get it. Good. If it's in any way related to WWE saying Stephen Amell's more important, you know, we got our big right. you know, Hollywood moment at SummerSlam, then it's problematic. Yes. Then it's problematic for me. Anything else that really jumped out at you from Raw? Oh. Weird way they just sort of threw Rusev into the... the I, I, I will... Look, it was it, it, was, it was good, odd, but it was you know it was what they needed to do with Rusev though because or maybe not specifically that but you needed to remind I don't know that's people. what they need to do with Rusev. Well, you needed to remind Rus you know people Rusev still a very good wrestler still you know you we haven't gotten to see that for months right. because of his injury so we need to remember Rusev is a badass he's not some mopey emo kid who's lo- pining over his ex girlfriend he can still absolutely destroy people so that I liked that uh, the last segment was very weird. The way that it just drew out the the whole Kane thing at the end. Yeah. I actually I walked out of the room as um, Lesnar was was standing in the ring with the belt. I, I ended up going to the bathroom and I hear from I hear the TV. I hear it keeps going and I hear Rollins take the mic. I was like, wait a second, yeah, what that, is going it on? It felt here? like you were watching like the post Raw part of <laughs> it, the show. It, it seemed right? like a dark segment. Yeah, it, really it did. did. It did feel really strange at that point. Um, and again, it does. What, what you've accomplished is we come in. We are very confused about how the main. Like we truly don't know. How the main event ends on Sunday night, and to their credit, that's a good thing. Yep, that's that's very good for them that we go in feeling so like we have no idea how. And, this is and end. it's not because it's not we don't know because it's completely nonsensical. It's no, that there it's, are a lot of ways they absolutely. could go from here, and they've set it up well to go. In and a lot of unlike directions. past years, if they've got a definite plan for what the main event is at SummerSlam, they have kept it under wraps somehow. Yep, they have somehow some way. I feel like we know more about what the main event is going to be at WrestleMania next year Pretty than much. what we do at SummerSlam yep. in a month. That's good for them. Yep. All right. That good? We cover everything that we need to cover? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Sounds right. about right. Excellent. Um, when we come back in, the, the main event. Oh, I hate saying that. Our long-lost co-host, Miami Dolphins defensive lineman A.J. Francis, the main event. He will join us, and we will preview Sunday night's Battleground pay-per-view. That's on the way. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, this is Jobbing Out. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. 
Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen. Powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkinbaseball.com slash camps. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Surcharge free ATM use. That's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge you to use their ATMs. They make you spend money just to get your money. We don't. At Royal Farms, you can come in anytime, day or night. Walk over to our ATM, take out your bank or credit card, and in just a few seconds, get your cash for nothing because it's surcharge free. Individual cardholder fees may still apply for using a Royal Farms ATM, but we won't charge you. So the next time you want to get cash at an ATM, come to Royal Farms. Because this is how we do it. Get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Cash for nothing because there is no fee. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. All right, I don't know about you guys, but when my car goes up, there's nothing in the world worse than having to pick up the phone and call my mother-in-law, who I love, and say... Can I ask you a favor? Could you come get me and take me to work? Oh, it's so uncomfortable. That's why I turned to First Choice Automotive in Joppa, 710 Pulaski Highway, 410-676-5552. Free towing with all repairs. Free loaner cars with major repairs. First Choice Automotive, fcautomotive.com. Make them your first choice when it comes to your vehicle. Jobbing out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and begrudgingly, the man who calls himself the main event is back via satellite. Though, <laughs> yeah, what is with that? You're home. Well, you can't bother to come over here. Well, I'm like The Rock or Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I only have certain paid dates. So. <laughs> well, Brock Lesnar, when he has paid dates, he, he so, shows up. You yeah. don't see him if via you, satellite me, at all. You get me via phone. You get me via phone. It's like. Heyman coming out by himself. <laughs> well, those are pretty good too, actually. I'll take one of those. He is AJ Francis of the Miami Dolphins, and of course of the insanely popular YouTube show Have Drive, which I believe yep. is uh, being picked up for another season, right? Yeah, of course. You know, <laughs> um, the people at my network, 
uh, I, uh, you, myself, you. decided that uh, it was probably going to be a good thing to pick up for next season. I love that. I love that, man. I actually sat down and watched a little bit of the uh, uh, Drugs Are Bad uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good, dude. You see, you sure. thought that I didn't care about you. Because deep down, I kind of hate you. You know what I mean? So, like, you thought I didn't care at all. But I actually said, you know what? I feel like kind of a dick that I yell at AJ about not listening to the podcast, and then I've never bothered to go watch any of the, the Have Drive. So I actually spent some time last night, a little bit of time. I sat down and I said, I'm going to watch a little bit of the show. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. How many episodes did you watch? I only watched one. <laughs> <laughs> and you watched Drugs Are Bad? Dude, yeah. That was like part the worst episode. Was it really? I actually liked yeah. it. I thought it was funny. I mean, it was still funny. Yeah. It was great. It was, I thought it was they're funny. all funny. Yeah, That's why yeah. like you know the worst episode of Seinfeld. Obviously, they're all great. <laughs> well, wait a second. They, they were weren't all great. Yeah, they weren't all great. <laughs> yeah, it fell, fell off the rails a little bit towards the uh, end there. Uh, well, never. The last one certainly was not great. I love United Airlines. It was perfect. No, it wasn't. It was, it was always a show about nothing. Uh, nothing that mattered and nothing that ever uh, made that matched up and made any sense. So it was perfect. Uh, Speaking of nothing that matters, let's talk WWE. <laughs> <laughs> Look how he slid that in. That's right. All right. AJ comes on with us the week before every pay-per-view to uh, help us preview it, make his picks, which he'll then later – this is what I like about AJ. He'll make his picks with us, and then somewhere <laughs> around Sunday afternoon, he'll make completely different picks on his Twitter wrong, account. Wrong, 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 I'm wrong. Pretty, I'm pretty... I, I've always said that I hold the right to change my picks. Well, we're we're not oh, saying that you you. We've never accused you of not saying that. Yes, but we are calling you out for it. These are your preliminary picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 you got to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes you get a little itch on Sunday, and you got to change things up. It's like that. Who who was it? I'm trying to remember who it was uh, before the elimination chamber that picked Ryback to win the Intercontinental Title. Oh who, my God! Who was that? I can't remember who it was that, that did. Was, was that the same? Hold on. Was that the same podcast episode where somebody else picked? Uh, Kevin Owens to beat John Cena. Oh, it was. It definitely was. Oh. You did call that. Good job. Good job. All right. Um, uh, finally, it's it, after we after we had done this, five weeks. I know. Like we had done this. I felt like every week for a month. Uh, it's been a solid five weeks since our last pay per view. But Battleground is this Sunday night from St. Louis on pay per view and the WWE Network, which I believe you can get for something uh, is seven seventy two a month. Yes, I believe exactly. is how much it costs. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Or it was like with tax, it was like eleven. <laughs> I, I think Amazon Prime has a on sale, uh, on yeah. sale today. <laughs> All right, uh, Aaron, what's first up for some? Uh, first off is the kickoff match, and it's the same kickoff match we've seen. I think that was the same one we saw. Well, I'm last okay. With, time. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it too, and we've seen it three times since. But uh, King Truth versus King or King. Was up versus King Barrett for the right to Barrett's crown. Go ahead, AJ. <laughs> oh my God, dude! Um, I'm I, not. I mean, I won't, By the way, I'm not sick of this, and I sh- there's no reason why I shouldn't be. This is normally like I feel like I'm playing the AJ role right now. Like, look, typically Glenn would come on and bitch about this match happening again, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm telling you. Well, can, because it, it puts our truth on Because it gets tel- me our truth on TV. And anything that I can do to get more our truth on television, I am doing it. And if that means I got a stomach, if I needed six more of these matches, by all means, bring out the stupid plunger every freaking <laughs> week because it gets our truth on my television. Yeah, for that reason, I think, I think King Barrett is better off as Bad News Barrett. So I think that they're going to let our truth win this match. Yeah, I, you know what? It's funny you say that because somebody would argue, 
how in the world would it be a good idea to have um, King Barrett lose? Like, how much more can you kill the guy than what you've already killed him? Because our truth is better as king. Well, I, first of all, he is better as king. And I think what AJ just said is really important, which is this can be what – the King Barrett thing was a disaster. Yep. Just a disaster. And so you're almost better burying it this way. And that way when he is bad news Barrett, you can kind of pretend like the King Barrett thing never happened. Right. Um, so I'm, I'll, I'll agree with you, and I'll say it's much better for our truth to win. And again, our truth, the king was up lasts for a week, and then he goes on to whatever he's going to do next. Well, you know what? I he hope. Could, no, he could, he could go far with the kind of goofy, mad, goofy king gimmick. I think he could do a lot more with it than Barrett can. Here's a big problem: if let's say Barrett won, great. So you, you now gave him the right to wear a crown that's become equivalent to a Burger King crown and a plunger. Like that's what you've equiv- you know, you've you've made it equivalent to. So the crown doesn't really mean anything. Might as well have our truth win so he can get his goofy run out of it because it doesn't mean anything for Barrett. It really doesn't. The only thing that even gives me a slight hesitation is that they just put out the the King of Bad News shirt. Ugh. But Ugh. so you would think that they wouldn't abandon the king well, aspect I mean, hang right on, because there. Because you could still do the bad news Barrett by also <clears throat> recognizing that he won the king of the ring. Right, like, right. The, like Lillian would still probably. He doesn't need him to as... be. The, he doesn't need to wear a crown or right. a scepter. He can Correct. just be the 2015 king, king of, the of the ring, ring. winner. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and, and I don't understand why people in WWE pretend that you need to wear the crown after you win it's king awful. of the ring. It's awful. It's really like, bad. Don't Cole didn't have to. No. <laughs> did did Mabel wear the king the crown? He actually he, did. Did he? All right. Yeah. Well, then never mind. But Ma- Mabel was also probably the worst uh, king of the ring ever. Yeah, you're probably right. He, Look, he the only one. On what the, do you call those big big things that crown that uh? Where they carry it, like the, the thrones yeah. thing? Yeah. Um, the only person this ever really worked for was Booker, right? Like this, he's the only person. You, you that could say that the king of Owen Hart with the king of hearts. That yeah. it, though he didn't go nearly as far with the the whole. You know, I'm going to change the accent. I'm going right, to do right. But the whole king of hearts gimmick was awesome. I don't know. I, I just I, I'm I'm with you. This has got to be the end of it for Barrett because it's it's killed him. So let's just finish it off this way. And look, anything that bumps our truth a little bit, I'm all for because again. It gives me the hope that there's going to be more of our truth on television, and that's a victory for all of us moving forward. Number, Especially you. Look, if you're not in on our truth, I'll, you, you have no idea. Dude, dude, I love our truth. Okay. Yeah, so it's a, so it's a win for all of us. You, this is the funny thing. AJ gets mad at me when I don't like something on wrestling, and then when I like it a lot, he makes fun of me for it. There's no – where's the middle ground, man? No, I just I – just He's basically JBL. He's comedy relief in the middle of the roster. You think he should be the Intercontinental Champion? I do think he should be the Intercontinental Champion. Santino is U.S. Champ. Why can't uh, our truth be Intercontinental Champ? Uh, You seen how the Intercontinental titles look these days? Speaking of the Intercontinental title, that's next. And Uh, uh, you know, it's interesting. I think this pay per view, as far as the title matches go, at least somewhat unpredictable. I don't think there's anything that's a 100% a lock in this pay per view as far as the title matches go. And you know, this this triple threat might be the closest to it. You got Ryback, Big Show, and Miz. But uh, if you told me there were something odd happened, a title change maybe, I could see it. No, Aaron. No. <laughs> okay. Stop He's... trying to give the Miz titles. That's <laughs> not what's going to happen. Ryback has no chance of losing this match. Stop it. Well... Stop it. You love the Miz, and you're trying to give him a title. He's not. But first of all, it. everyone should love the yeah, Miz because I mean, I... he's been carrying yeah, this that's, feud that's, that's for the past three weeks. His <laughs> his mic work is the only thing that's really kept this feud afloat. And I, I have I, no issue with the Miz. He's just not going to win this match. 
I don't think he is. Either. Probably not. I said most. I said this is the closest thing to a sure thing. But if you did tell me the Miz one, I could see it. I think that you know, even though Ryback is still very over, it, it just feels it feels odd. It feels stagnant. Miz has been the thing keeping this afloat. Otherwise, you know, and it might just be because. Big Show and Ryback have no chemistry There's no together. chemistry, and it's an awkward... It's Yeah. Th- there's no real reason why these three ever ended up in the same match other than they just sort of all happened to be together at about the same time. Right. Like, there's no real blood feud here. There's nothing... It's it's very odd the way that this thing has come together. I'm with AJ. I don't think there's any way that, that you take the belt off Ryback right now. He is, for whatever reason, still over. He's still very over. He's there's still no over. People that. still love chanting. Um, there's no reason to give it to the Big Show. None. I mean, no, just, no. You know what he is at this point. He's the guy that you throw into whatever situation to be used in any way. There's no help in giving him the IC belt. The Miz, you are running a risk of getting a bit stagnant with the Miz, where you've got to do something with him post Mizdow. Like there's there's got to be something that matters for him. But I don't see how the IC title would be what matters for him any more than you know the other things that the other middling things that he's done in recent years. It, so I, I, I think you got to keep it on right. For, for a few days there on Twitter, it seemed like they were going to insert him into this uh, Stardust-Stephen Amell feud because him and Stephen Amell were going back and forth at it on Twitter. But it seems like they're staying with Stardust. He confirmed that on Twitter as he you know showed that Green Arrow is next on his superhero yeah, list. I saw that. But um, – which wouldn't have and sucked. How awesome was that comic book design? Oh, that was the best that. thing ever. I wish they would have done more with that. That would, I mean, I hope they do more create. That was one of the coolest things I've seen on Raw in a while. That, yeah, that was legitimately they, awesome. You know what they honestly should do for SummerSlam is, you know how they do the uh, uh, the videos before every match that like show you the storyline leading up to it. Do like that a full comic book? A comic book. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm 100 yeah, really percent cool. on that. That would be really cool. But um, so yeah, it seemed like Miz might get involved with that for SummerSlam, but I guess maybe not. Now I don't know, and maybe he will get involved. But yeah, that's why I think he loses this match because then he could try to say he could try to go at the Hollywood aspect of Stephen Amell, you know? Yeah, but if if they're doing Stardust, are you going to put you know somehow align Stardust and Miz? Is the I don't even know how you would do that, but whatever. Um, not necessarily. I mean, they could both just you know it could just be a triple threat match. And Stardust, could, I mean, the Miz could always just say that you know he's a real he's a real superstar, so he could play a superhero just like Batista. And that way you could, I mean, and as far as the match goes, that would actually probably make it better. You get Amel out of the way somehow, and then you have a regular match with those two. And you know, obviously Amel, you know, comes in from time to time, but he doesn't really have to carry the match. Right. That right. wouldn't that wouldn't suck. But uh, so yeah, I mean, like I said. Most likely Ryback wins here. If Miz won just to shake things up, it wouldn't stun me, but... Okay, I just... I I, I don't see how that helps anything. Probably uh, not. Yeah. Probably not. But moving on. Um, Randy Orton versus Sheamus. Uh, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, go ahead. Uh, I'm just going to... I just got to... The Viper's hot, man. And anybody who's saying he's not hot is not listening to crowd's reactions on Raw, dude. He is hot, and Sheamus. Well, he has the money in the bank. You know that's how they. You know how they treat that when they first, when you they when you know that they have no shot of catching him anytime soon. So, I'm gonna go with the Viper. Um, you know, look, I, you're right with with the way they handle the the briefcase. There's no reason Sheamus doesn't need to win anything because he's got what he needs. That being said, I still think they've got to get something in. 
if ultimately Sheamus is going to become champion, and I know that's a huge if, right? Like that we still think there's a scenario where he could put the belt, the, the briefcase up at some point. We absolutely think he could end up cashing in and not winning the title. But if he's ultimately going to be the champion, he's got to do something right. between now and then to, to come off legitimate. I mean, he's so irrelevant right now. It's not – the problem isn't that he's disliked. They wish he was more disliked. The only thing people care about is the stupid beard. Yep. Um, I, you're right that Randy Orton's hot, but that's sort of just being Randy Orton. You know what I mean? Like, he matters. Like I, when it's, he's, it's amazing to me that people pretend that he's not still one of the biggest stars in the business. He is. He's he 100%. Is. He's 100% one of the biggest stars. I'm going to say Sheamus, um, but it's only because I think they got to do something with him to legitimize him. Yeah, I'm kind of on your page. It's usually the, – the funny thing about the Money in the Bank briefcase is that, you know, we, we know that they like to have them lose a lot. But usually it's the losing in the month or two prior to the cash-in. They like to, even though it's not a surprise anymore, somehow right. make it, you know, really have them lose a lot in those two months prior. Before that, a lot of times they do like to have that person win just to try to build them up somewhat, especially when they first win it. So it's like, oh, the money in the bank matters. The guy, you know, he's not just a guy with the money in the bank. It's a winning guy with the money in the bank briefcase. So I kind of lean towards Sheamus. If Orton won, wouldn't shock me. Uh, I, I don't know what to do with Orton after this. Orton's in a funny place right now where it feels like he shouldn't be feuding with Sheamus. You know, he should be a little bit bigger than that. But at the same time, there's no room for him at the very top of the card right now. So I'm not exactly sure where they go with him after this. Um, you know what I thought of the other day that would be that would be kind of cool. Bray Wyatt Orton. Uh, n- n- well, no, yes and no. But what I thought <laughs> of that would be really cool. That that is a really cool idea. But what I thought of would be really cool is if Kevin Steen, which we'll get to later, wins the U.S. title. If you have him open up, uh, issue an open challenge, and Randy Orton comes out, and Randy Orton beats him the next day. And then they start a feud, Steam versus Randy Orton. So Owens only gets the the belt for a day? Yeah. Boy, that would be a way to piss off fans. I'm not saying it would. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it would be terrible. I'm just saying I, mean, I, I can just imagine just the Reddit for, he types. Would for, he would get it for a day, and then he's ch- now he's chasing Orton at SummerSlam. I, I hate the the, the only th- I I see where you're going with this. Just the idea of. Owens constantly chasing. I, I hate the idea of a heel right, on chasing. a long-term yeah. chase. Yeah. Oh, you guys don't mind it now that they're doing the Roman Reigns. What? <laughs> well, he's a face, though. That's the the idea is you want. Yeah, to I, face. I, I want a face. I love heel champion face ch- challenger. That's that's the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to have. You're supposed to build your face by having him constantly going after a belt. That's are the idea. Still, are you guys still pretending that uh, Roman Reigns didn't turn tactic I love how he's just going to throw he's, that. He doesn't even know. That's the thing. I could have decreed. Like I could have come on last week and been like, "I worship at the altar of Roman Reigns," and he would have no freaking clue. So he's he's angry at us on an assumption. assumption. Yeah, on an assumption. I don't know. That I think correct. I, I let's get to we'll get to well, that match. Well, let's, we'll talk let's, about let's Roman get Reigns. it. Let's get to you it now. now. Let's okay. get to it now. Go ahead, AJ. AJ, talk about why Bray Wyatt Roman Reigns goes steal the show and is the greatest feud in the history of WWE. Okay, here's why. Because those are the two best guys in business. Right there. There is nobody in this business that, to me, does a better job at what they're supposed to do than those guys. And because of that, these guys, I think Bray Wyatt wins, but I think he wins in the very heel, cheapy way that mm-hmm. he, 
could win over Roman Reigns. But he pins him one, two, three, and Roman Reigns and then still continues to torment him going into SummerSlam. I would love to see those two keep going at it. Yeah, and I think that's almost definitely the result here is that Bray wins cheaply, Roman gets the win back at SummerSlam. Uh, AJ, here's a question I have for you. Why does Bray Wyatt hate Roman Reigns? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's problem. That's the problem. <laughs> but why does Bray Wyatt hate anybody? Well, he usually gives Wyatt, some sort of reason. Hold on, but you're thinking about things way too much. Why did Bray Wyatt decide that he wanted too to fight the thinking. Undertaker? Leading up to WrestleMania. Why because he, he wanted to be for, the new face of fear. He, he told us he this. That, why did he not do that at TLC? He could have did it at any pay-per-view. Why did Undertaker only there. shows up for one pay-per-view. Undertaker's <laughs> not there at TLC. This is still wrestling. <laughs> so at the end of the day, like, it's well, set up, and he can hate whoever he wants as soon as he hates them. Could you imagine if Bray Wyatt, the Undertaker, <laughs> happened <laughs> at TLC? Battleground. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's his character. He can hate anybody he wants at any time he wants. He randomly ran out. You thought it was fantastic when he randomly ran out of a smoke hologram and attacked Dean Ambrose in Hell in a Cell. There's no point behind that whatsoever, but he just did it. And uh, that and it was turned perfect. Out. Oh, yeah. It was lo- I love how he did that. And then now he does. He- now, to be fair, I didn't lo- completely <laughs> love it. To be fair, you're putting words in my mouth there. All right, all right here's a couple but, of thoughts. First of all, the problem that I have with this is that I just frankly think that Roman Reigns is really stupid. Um... <laughs> He's, be, he's being portrayed as pretty dumb. No, no, I don't. I don't actually think that way. Yeah, I don't. I don't love the um, the the way they've gone about the feud again. I, but that has more to do with I'm frustrated with how little they've gotten out of Bray Wyatt's character. That that he's someone who who they literally had everything for, and it's just it's been so stale for me. And I keep wanting to think that it's still as cool as it was when it, it first happened, and it's just not for me any longer. That all being said, I'm with AJ in this aspect. I don't doubt these guys are going to put on a good oh, match. Oh, it's going to be an awesome match. I mean, these guys are going to put on a very good yeah. match on Sunday because they work. Um, and and I, when I say work, Roman Reigns is not thought of as a typical worker, but he's Dude, a hoss. He works. And, Anybody and, who doesn't watch his matches and see that is insane. No, no, I like, agree. It's amazing to me that people actually think he can't wrestle. No, no, no. I, look, I'm not, I'm not in that. I don't think anyone. I'm not in that boat. And, and I, I feel like far and wide, no one's really saying that anymore. Well, they, but they have been. They oh, have been. In, in the past, sure. But um, I feel over the past few months, he's... I just don't... I, I, man, it just feels so unimportant. It feels stranger when these guys are involved at the end of Raw, and that's what I don't like. What I, what I don't like is that when they were sort of in the last spot on Raw, you didn't find yourself feeling like, oh, that's so big, as much as you felt like, oh, this doesn't make sense. Like, isn't there another segment still to go with the stuff that matters? And that's the problem that I have. The problem that I have is that what I think it should be and what it is just feel like two completely different things. Um, if they're going to do it again at SummerSlam, then yeah, obviously it makes more sense to have Bray win this one and have Roman win at SummerSlam. That would make the, all the sense in the world. I don't know that I love the idea of them doing it again at SummerSlam. I think that Roman should be involved in something bigger. I just don't know what that is right, right now. now. There's almost yeah, you, it's, know, you don't have a lot we've, of options. We've done our fantasy booking where, you know, either put all the shield in there or the shield right. plus Lesnar, right. but that doesn't seem at all, you know, that's not the build. It's just right not plausible, now. right? Yeah. So um, I, I guess I'll go with your scenario where, you know, they're going to face again in SummerSlam, and if that's the case, then yeah, I'll go with Bray Wyatt for this one. Um, New Day versus the Primetime Players, tag titles. AJ? Uh, man, right, this is one of the things where you got to go get your heart and go with your head 
Like, man, I just love New Day, man. I love them so much. I love everybody in this. Yeah, I, I love Oh, yeah, I do, too. Yeah. I, I, both I, teams I, are I fantastic. I love the part-time players, too, but me, personally, I like New Day better. Okay. So, like, I want them to win, and I think if they did win, I'd be completely fine with it because they are they are hot right now, man. Oh, no doubt. They've been hot for a while. And they can keep it running. And their, their gimmick works everywhere, and it works against whoever they're going against. It's fantastic. So, ah, uh, man, I think... Primetime players are going to win just because they oh, only had a title a month. But, damn, I wish that New Day – I want. I really think – I want New Day to win. I, I said this, AJ. I'm not opposed, and especially given the current state of the tag division with everybody hurt, I'm not opposed to this being something that goes seven consecutive matches, these two, yeah. because it's good. It, it doesn't feel stale because it doesn't need – it's not a blood feud. The New Day exists no matter kind of who they're facing right now. They don't need it Correct. to be the primetime players. I think the matches are good. I think the the absolutely the promos in New Day's cutting are phenomenal. You're right; they're way over. Um, I, I'm okay with this lasting a little bit longer. So if the primetime players were to win again at Battleground, but it was to set up sort of the big blow off at SummerSlam, I'm good with that. That would not frustrate me in any way. I would like that because I like these guys working together. The only awkward part is because it's three of them and only two on on this side is you have these sort of awkward things like where suddenly Mark Henry was a face the other night, or was he? Like, that part is a little bit awkward because it feels forced in order to have matches. Um, other than that, I love it. So I'm, I'm going to say primetime players because I think that you're still setting up for um, New Day to win at SummerSlam. I'll say the, uh, the, the fact that there are three people in the New Day and they do liberally use the free bird rule. They have different people tagging in and out. Makes it so you could have, you know, a best of seven type series if yeah, you right. wanted to, and it, the match would—I I don't say would never get stale, but it would take a little while. It would while never for be the to, exact same, right? Because right. you could have, you know, if if you did this, if you set this up in a best of seven or best of five, you could do like backstage signatures, like, okay, well, they beat us because of power last time. We're going to put Big so E in here. Speed, right? Yeah, we're going to counter it, and I think that could be really compelling. And it kind of reminds me when. Um, Paige and AJ were, the, this whole situation with Paige and AJ were going back and forth, and they were just hot-shotting the title back and forth because they were the only two people in the Divas division that mattered at all at the time. Uh, this kind of, just the way the tag division is set up right now with all the injuries, it kind of reminds me of that. And if you told me they just traded the belt for, you could go through the fall with this and just basically every pay-per-view. I think it's really good. They, they trade the belt back and forth. I'd have no problem yeah. with that. For, for that, I'm leaning towards the New Day because I think that's the way to go here is you just kind of trade the belt a few times and it, it keeps things natural. And they, I mean, they can't do the thing. They, they have to face other people in the process. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and, and there's another four or five weeks by yeah, SummerSlam. Yeah. So you could have, you know, Lucha, the Lucha Dragons get a shot in there. At well, I'm not even saying it a pay-per-view. I'm just saying it can't be that if you're right. going to do the long, you know, sort of the, the, the seven-match mm-hmm. event, it can't be that every week on Raw you're getting another version of Titus right. versus Big E. Like, there's got to be other teams Correct. involved in the meantime. you got to give a number one contender match to the... Lucha Dragons. Or, or like the only tag team left. Uh, the Ascension yeah. at some point. You know, you got to do stuff like that. But at the end of the day, um, I just love everything involved with this series too much for me to want to see it end. I think it's great. I think it's tremendous. My, the, that's my fear, is that if New Day loses, that they get relegated. And they just bring somebody else up because it's new. Why? Oh, I, I, just, I, I don't see the New Day getting relegated. I think it's so point. good. I don't think you can mess with it right now. I, I, just, I, I think they realize it. Too. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
I think your plans have to be – I think there is something, though, with the New Day where what, are you, how long are you doing this? Because the New Day rocks, New Day sucks thing is, is cool, right? But it will get boring at some point. What's next for them? That's really – you have almost saved them on that chant alone. Right. What's next for them? I mean, hypothetically, what's next is they go, you know, they stop believing in the power of positivity and they just get ruthless. Okay. And, and, and that's, okay. I feel like, is going to come at some point, but it's not now. I don't want that. I don't want that. I no. don't like that. I want to believe in the power of positivity. The power of positivity. I want to do that. Next. Uh, next, U.S. title, John Cena, Kevin Owens, and who knows else what's going to happen with what's happened the past this few weeks. It's been real that weird, hasn't it? AJ. Oh, man. Uh I gotta think that you give Owens the belt here. Well, how do you, how do you address everything that's gone on in the last few weeks? With well, it's simple, man. It's really not that hard because you give, you give Owens the belt, you give Cena a chance to get out of the U.S. title picture because there's two legitimate contenders to Kevin Owens. Uh, okay, but do you just you're just ignoring them on Sunday night, like they have no. Does Cesaro come out they at some point? Don't need to. I mean, if they find a way to work him in, that's fine. But they don't need to. I mean, Owen Cena works itself. You don't really need to put anything. And, and that's in sort there. of where I'm at. Like you were, I, I feel like you've in this in doing this thing. We've gotten these amazing matches, right? You've at the same time sort of kind of made it awkward to have a blow off between Owens and and Cena. That this is Not so really. much. I don't think this is a blow off. I think it is. I don't. I think I think that they, I think they have a bigger picture for Cena at SummerSlam. But even I mean, if you're going with wrestling logic here, and it's always wrestling logic, uh, you know, you have to put that in boldface. Uh, Cena should get a rematch if he loses the title. He'll probably take it the next night on Raw, like Cena would always okay. do. True. <laughs> or minutes after someone. Well, but uh, also, if we're being <laughs> hang on, but if we're being fair, then Kevin Owens would walk away from it and say, "Nah, I'm not going to do this." No, if we're being fair, Kevin Owens would start the match and then roll out of the ring. Right, 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 right. correct. Which would, again, give Cena a rematch somewhere along the lines here. I I think that we're looking at a triple threat possible fatal four-way at SummerSlam. That'd be cool. I mean, I'm not opposed to that. I mean, I'm really not. I am really not opposed to that at all. I have no issue with that plan. Wow, that actually sounds really good now that I think about it. Yeah. Boy, yeah. how did I – I went from hating the idea of another uh, Cena-Owens match to all of a sudden saying, wait a second, that sounds really good. Damn. Okay. Sign me up. Yep, I'm all for it. Which, which you know – I think, you know, I, I had been saying that Owens clearly walks out of this with a title. I said it last week. You kind of made fun of me how disappointed it If you told me that, you know, you don't like to see Schmaz finishes at uh, pay-per-views, but if, if Cesaro somehow, you know, got back at Kevin Owens right, by like costing him Owens, the title. Yeah. And just to set up that SummerSlam match, you know, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. It's just weird that they also forced Rusev into here. You know, like, it's... it's Not seemed- at all, did you? No, but it just well, seems but like... if we assume that Ziggler is coming back in the next few weeks and he's not going to be involved with the U.S. title at SummerSlam, it, it does feel weird. Granted, I think it was a great segment. I think that it, I was, think a it gra- was a right. It was a great way to realize. Oh wait, Rusev is back. We forgot about this Rusev. That he is awesome. We yeah. you know we forgot about that when he had a broken ankle, and now we remember. Oh yeah, yeah. this is why we were. Well, all we really on forgot board about it because he got his ass handed to him by Cena three times out of four. That that's you know, part of the reason. You know what could probably happen from all of this. Um, uh, easy way you make it a triple threat match at SummerSlam, um, Cesaro, Owen, Cena. Right. 
Uh, or you just, or you get Cena out of the picture completely and make it Cesaro Owens. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, that doesn't That's sound like it would suck. No. No. <laughs> and but but you do it by having Dolph Ziggler or Lana come out to and just stand on the ramp and and distract. Can, can, can we just forget? Can we, for, can we forget really, Lana? I would can really just, like to pretend like the Dolph Ziggler Lana thing never happened. Just, just have Dolph Ziggler come back and forget Lana. Very happen if we could pretend like that was never a thing. Oh, so bad. Uh, all right, so who are we picking to win? I picked mine already. I'm going Kevin Owens. I, I'm going Owens, but it might be by DQ. But Owens definitely is the winner. Can I ask you guys a question? Do we forget the golden rule? Is John Cena in this match? <laughs> is John? Is the match that we're talking about? Is this one that involves John Cena? Uh, it might be Juan Cena, <laughs> okay. actually. Oh well, hang on, but but it's still the same guy, right? Well, no, Juan is his yeah. Mexican Someone's cousin. Saying, Shut up. <laughs> John Cena's in the match. John Cena's winning. That's the way it's going down. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? There's got to be some like you got those wrestling uh, gambling sites. Oh, like, yeah. There's got to be. There's got to be some. Like record to show John Cena's like wins and pay per views and like how much money you would have made if you just picked John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> oh my See, god! That the, would the, be great. the problem is Cena is always such a heavy favorite that you're not making yeah, you much money. You would never make the bet, right? Well, never... I mean, but here's it. But you're you're not getting great odds every time. You're getting the worst odds, but you're winning. But but you're you just know, dropping ten thousand dollars. You're just dropping ten thousand dollars on him. Like, I know who wins the match. <laughs> it's John Cena. <laughs> I'm going to take the... Odds only work in your favor if you don't lose. Yeah, if it costs me $10,000 to make one, I'm still (laughs) making $1,000. John Cena's winning the damn match. All right. Uh, We got one more, right? We got one more, which is weird considering that we don't have a Divas match right now after all of that. So bizarre. But, um, yeah, who knows what's happening with that. But, yeah, we we got one more. uh, Rollins and Lesnar. I've heard of this one. (laughs) This this is a... uh, Decent looking match. Rollins versus Lesnar versus a fifty thousand dollar car. Fantastic, man. Well, I love, I love, I mean, these guys, these guys in pay per views are just unbelievable. I, I got to go with Rollins though. I honestly think Rollins retains. Um. I don't think he has to retain, but I think that I, I don't think he has to either. But I, I think just he does. okay. I think if Rollins retains, there has to be a bigger story here. It can't be that Rollins retains because the authority helped him. Well, but he's alienated. You know, he alienated Kane. You, you got to think he, Triple H is going to be unhappy with him for what he did to Kane on Monday night. And it seems like, I mean, it almost seems like the authority is about to turn face against Rollins. We all assume right. that it might be Rollins turning face which against is, the authority. Which is why it wouldn't make any sense for Rollins to win on... There, there's no sense... If what you're building to is Triple H versus Rollins, there's zero reason why that should be for a championship. That makes... Because, that, yeah, it would make sense. How, how would... Face, if you have face... Let me finish. Mm. If you have face authority... Why like, do you want Triple H in a title match? How is that any good at all? The same route, why did you want, you guys complained that Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns were going to be in a title match, and it was fantastic. Well, no, I just didn't, I wanted Daniel Cena, or Daniel Cena. Daniel Cena. Right. I wanted Daniel Bryan in the match. Daniel Cena. Yeah, right? You know how I felt about that. It wasn't the problem with those guys. No, my point being that Triple H is above championships. You can't bring him to Triple H is the COO. Why would he be? You cannot have him in a title match. That's why, if it's going to be Rollins, Triple H, and look, I'm all for that. I think that sounds good. Why does it have to be? It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. You're right. I'm not saying it has to be. But if it's going to be, then you can't have Rollins win. Like, it just, there's nothing logical about that. Now, you're right. But you guys are forgetting, 
Like, there's going to be somebody at SummerSlam that's not currently on the roster. That's just how SummerSlam works. Um, well, that's Stephen Amell. Well, I mean, but, that's... No, but I mean, you're talking like, about a return, uh, like, a, uh, like yeah. a part-time return. But but who is there to be the, that matters? The Dave Batista's not coming back. The, the, the Rock's, Rock's not, not wrestling at SummerSlam. Why, why not? Well, because if anything, they're doing the thing with him and Triple H at WrestleMania next year. So that prevents him from wrestling at SummerSlam? But what, you're not going to... That's that, Literally, that's the seed that you've planted. What are you going to do with The Rock for one appearance at SummerSlam? You could have The Rock versus Seth Rollins for one appearance at SummerSlam. That's yeah. probably going to sell pretty well. I'm not saying... Look, anything with The Rock is going the, to the sell pretty well. The Rock could face our yeah. truth. And, well, actually, that didn't. <laughs> Wait a second. That didn't. <laughs> Wait, is that a possibility? Because I am so... I heard somebody say our truth uh, <laughs> uh, but, No, but what I'm saying is you have no idea what could be at SummerSlam. Like, everybody has these ideas of what they think is going to happen. Nobody knows. No one knows. This is one, one pay-per-view out from SummerSlam this is probably the least anyone's known about what was coming. No, I hear you. I, I mean, I'm in complete agreement on that. It is, it is strange that way, and that's why it's difficult to pick these matches because we don't know them because it's still another legitimate five weeks away. I, I am, I, I'm, a, I, th- I like Seth Rollins winning, but I don't like Seth Rollins winning cleanly. I mean, I cannot fathom how you have Seth Rollins cleanly beat Brock Lesnar. I just. That to me is far more damage. You 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 don't have the match before you do that. Okay, he doesn't have to. Just hit him in the head with the belt at the end. Yeah, I don't think that's an. I think that there's got to be. Look, that's a Seth Rollins way to win. Yeah, I mean, it, if, there's, if there's any way for the to win, that is a Seth Rollins way to win. It, it could be a dirty win. Lesnar that he's supposed to lose, and then he hits him in the head with the belt and pins him. Or that's Rollins. I've suggested other ideas, like somehow Seth Rollins does business with Paul Heyman, and Paul Heyman screws Brock Lesnar somehow, and then Seth Rollins becomes a Paul Heyman guy, which. I'm just going to tell you, I like that idea a whole heck of a lot. Like that, That's a great idea. That puts a big smile on my face. I just don't think it's going to happen. That's a great idea. It is, isn't it? Wouldn't it be amazing? How amazing would Seth Rollins and Paul Heyman be together? Too. Oh, my God. It would be so great. What if Sheamus walks out as the champion? I don't like that. No, I don't like I don't it either, but it just popped into my head. Like, where, yeah, right. what else could they possibly do? And that popped yeah, in my head. And really, that sounds I like a disaster. Really don't but. like that. Yeah, you know what is neat is that they, you go into this like thinking that anything could be possible. It's not, you know, you don't think that it has to be Brock Lesnar, but it can be. You know what I mean? Like because you yeah. know you've got him for one more pay per view, you can have him get the belt and then lose it at SummerSlam. Right. So it can be, but it doesn't have to be. Is the point? It doesn't. Brock Lesnar doesn't have to be the champion because he's he's that, that, there, that there are very logical storylines. No matter what what direction they go here, which is unusual for the WWE to leave any it as. chance any chance that Seth does business with uh, uh, Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns now that the authority is is out of the the, the equation is there any chance that he Maybe. that he would be able to retain those guys and then that would set up the idea that I had. I, I'm not going to say no chance because there there was something a few weeks ago where they kind of hinted at that. I can't remember exactly what it was. Something on Raw, just kind of a a passing line. That just made me kind of think, huh, that was a weird line that, that made you think about the shield. But I just can't see it at this point. Not with what they're doing with Reigns, not with what they're doing with Ambrose. It would right. be too it would be too roundabout. It would it would be weird. They, right. They're such big faces. Alright. Uh, the champion at the end of the night will be who, AJ Francis? Seth Rollins. And it will be who, Aaron Oster? Seth Rollins. I'll just for the fun of it then say Brock Lesnar. I'll just do it just so that there's somebody else that picks it. Because, again, I legitimately don't know. And so I'll just 
this way, I'll be able to come in next week, and if Brock Lesnar wins, I can talk about how smart I was. You're, you're that guy it, who picks, you know, the safety yeah, right? as the first point if, in the Super Bowl, and, and Brock, then just to brag if, it. If Brock Lesnar doesn't win, I can say something like, well, look, I mean, we all, we all knew that it was going to be Seth Rollins. I just... All right, AJ. Uh, have drive available on your YouTube channel. What is if uh, yeah. what YouTube dot com slash what? YouTube dot com slash c slash AJ Francis ninety six. Super yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. You can also just go to my Twitter page at AJ Francis four one zero. You know, got the area code for Baltimore on there. Yeah, That's what we do. Rep where you're from. And uh, uh, just gonna be on there. You can get the YouTube account from there. And you know, I got I'm working on the newest episode now. Um, I'm interviewing uh, Olivier Vernon, who's starting defensive end for the Dolphins. I've heard of him. Probably going to get a lot of money this summer. Yeah. Free agent at the end of the year. A very great player. Um, So I'm working on that one right now. That'll be the next one up. I'm trying to get Tori in. Um, Tori Smith, uh, former Maryland. Well, hang on. If you want want clicks, you better get his son on the show. Because yeah, he's the biggest star. On the, on no doubt, he's a superstar. I'm gonna have TJ standing in the middle of the back. <laughs> that could get you arrested and your Uber license <laughs> <laughs> revoked. I'm just, I'm just gonna put that one out you there. Can't, you can't really do the whip in a, in a high chair. Bro. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. It is gonna be really <laughs> difficult. Yes, All right. Well, when you really want the clicks, let us know when uh, Aaron and I are coming on. Just when you really want to. Hey, you know. Hey. Yeah. Hey. I noticed. I noticed he just said hey. He didn't say. I'll call you. He just said hey. That's all he said there. Don't rule it out. All right. Uh, I both hate you and I love you at the same time. Appreciate it as always, pal. Yeah, man. Appreciate you guys too. Thank you for having the main event. There he is. Before you get back, you'll you'll have to come in studio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Work on that. We'll, uh, we'll grab a break. We'll come back in segment number three. It is Jobbing Out. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and... Get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Yep, that's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge to use their ATMs. We don't. Our ATMs are surcharge free, so you can always get... Cash for nothing because there is no fee. At all Royal Farms ATMs. Individual cardholder fees may still apply. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen, powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkenbaseball.com slash camps. Don't be the guy that has to call your mother-in-law like I've had to in the past and beg for a ride when something's wrong with your vehicle. Take it to First Choice Automotive in Joppa. 410-676-5552. Dave and Chrissy know your car is your life. Free loaner cars with major repairs. Free towing to and from at First Choice Automotive. 410-676-5552 on the web. FCAutomotive.com. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. 
Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fatheads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Third and final segment, it is Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, it's all brought to you by WrestleCrate and WrestleCrate.com. And make sure you use that code JOSENTME. Get 10% off your monthly subscription. Is that the, the term? Is that the correct? Yes. Yeah, yes. it'd be a subscription yes. cost for WrestleCrate just by using that code JOSENTME. And by the way, even though it's called a subscription, it's you don't have to... Like you're not uh, you're, set you're up not, for six months. Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah, it can be that you try it for one month. If you like it, great. If you don't, whatever. But, exactly. Um, yeah, use, ten, use that code JOSENTME, as in jobbing out, JOSENTME, and you get 10% off your WrestleCrate subscription. What a great... Uh, product, what a great service they provide. It's you know essentially a care package for wrestling fans, and that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm telling you, the, the greatest day of the month is when I get the your wrestle crate has shipped from whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah whatever right, now you're just like ah. no, I'm just like okay, when's it coming? When's right. it coming? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so in third and final segment, we will do our uh, three things, our, our quick count, if you will, and then we will wrap up by going over our weekly top five. Uh, let's start, Aaron. By touching on our sort of weekly non-WWE-related subject, this is Aaron's Corner, if you will. Uh, you're a resident nerd. You like to go into the worlds that are non-WWE-related. What do you have for us this week? You know, there wasn't a lot of on-screen stuff there. You know, Lucha Underground, another very good episode. Uh, Ring of Honor is great. They're getting back into their storyline after their War of the World stuff. But, um, and there's a weird, not a weird story, but interesting that CZW is moving into the pay-per-view game, which... I'm not a big fan of CZW. I don't really even know what CZW Co- does. Combat Zone Wrestling. I don't think I've heard of it. It's it's basically the uh, the evolution of ECW. It's you saw the wrestler, correct? Yes, of course. You know the uh, the the hardcore match you had with Necro Butcher. Yes, that was in a CZW oh, okay. ring, and that that's the, was the promotion there was that he was working for was Combat Zone Wrestling. All right. But they're they're doing pay per view, but that doesn't. Uh, what does interest me a little bit what is what is the Necro Butcher doing these days? I had him on once when the wrestler came out. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen him. I think he's still hanging around CZW. He was in Ring of Honor for a while, part of the Age of he the was. Fall. Yeah. Um, kind of disappeared. I haven't. I think he's still in CZW. Nuts. Oh, he's crazy. This guy is nuts. Yeah. But um, so when when they moved to Destination America, we had talked about why didn't TNA reach out, especially TNA in this case, reach out to Ring of Honor because they were the ones kind of clasping at straw, grasping at straws, trying to get anything they could in. Uh, we later found out that they did do that, and before going to Global Force Wrestling and Ring of Honor turned them down. And whether it's true or not, we found some sources have said the reason that Ring of Honor turned them down, which was that basically TNA wanted a top Ring of Honor star to come in, jump one of, you know, one of their top stars backstage, 
and then have the Ring of Honor guy lose. Not yeah. the best way to pitch something if you yeah. want some partnership there. I mean, I mean, why would it only be one guy though, right? Like, if you're gonna do a storyline, why wouldn't you have a, a few different scenarios so that, like, even if let's just say you have five matches and in three of them the Ring of Honor guys or in three of them the TNA guys win, two of them the Ring of Honor guys win, at least, like, at at that point you could sort of be in agreement, like, okay, yeah, we can make something like that work, you know that. It, that's not the end of the world, but if you're only going to do it with one guy, and ultimately you're going to have the TNA guy get put over, that doesn't seem like it makes a ton of sense. I mean, were there names thrown around at all, like of who it would be? No, there, there was no names. It was just a very vague rumor, but it was coming from a number of people saying sources, and you know, people confirming that, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can, if, if that's the reason, I could definitely see why Ring of Honor turned that down. I mean, it's, it's, it's awkward... It's it's awkward. It, look, it's awkward that the two are on the same network. At the same I, day. Yeah, and I, I made this comparison. Uh, you and I both work in radio. If your morning show doesn't get along with your afternoon show, okay, like there's going to be something like that, but you have to coexist. Yeah. Like you have to somehow work together, and there's going to be times you're going to need to work together on a project. There's going right. to be an event coming up you have to work together on. One of the guys in the morning show has to work with one of the guys in the afternoon show. Yep. And, and at least you have to acknowledge each other's existence. Right. Like, you can't pretend like they don't exist. Um, famously, there's a sports talk show, uh, or sports talk radio station in New York, um, WFAN. It's the biggest I one in the country. There. It's a pretty big deal. Yep. Their morning show doesn't get along with their afternoon show. But what they do is they make fun of each other. Right. They, they acknowledge each other's existence. They, yeah, even if it's taking shots at one another, you've right. got to do it. Right. Right now, Ring of Honor and TNA are existing on this, in the same place within moments of each other and not acknowledging each other's existence. That's problematic. Yeah. That's problematic. Now, look, it wasn't, you know, TNA's idea for Destination American to add Ring of Honor and make them sort of, you know, strange bedfellows in that way. But you do have to figure out a way that you can coexist. And I'm not suggesting that the two companies should merge, although I think a lot of us would like the idea of something like that. Um, but, yeah, I do think that at some point there should be some sort of crossover in some way to recognize, hey, look, you know, we're not stupid. We, we know that a lot of you that are watching us also watch this, and we're all it's, – if, it's, if Ring of Honor's ratings are good, that's really good for TNA. Right. If TNA's ratings are good, that's really good for mm-hmm. Ring of Honor. So how do we help each other improve – because it's a good thing right now, given our circumstances. You know, it, it, it just goes back to that. It's hard to do an invasion angle properly because you're not going to job out. Yeah, your not own. everybody can get everything that they want. Yeah, so it's it's especially you know if you, it's TNA bring it in. Now here's the here's how you do it if you're going to do it properly is both sides have to share. You have to have TNA guys coming. You know, maybe the TNA guys lose over in Ring of Honor and the Ring of Honor guys lose over in TNA. There has to be a back and forth though. You can't just have it one way or you have the the WWE or WWF WCW invasion. Right. Which was a failure for that reason. No, correct. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Look, I, I, I'd like to see it. I think it'd be interesting, but it, yeah, you're right. It's really hard. It's really hard because inevitably there's hurt feelings involved. You are still working for different companies, right. and yet you're trying to work together, and you do essentially the same product. Right. It's not going to be easy. No. Um, there's, no way, there's no way to get around that. All right, uh, story number two. This, you wanted to put some sort of... Um... I, I want... If you don't feel like hearing a heavy, heavy rumor for what happened or what will happen at Battleground, 
skip ahead about five minutes or so because right. uh, we're, we're, we're about to delve into something that just broke here. All right. So we take the show on Wednesday of this week. And at some point during the day on Reddit, someone who is believed to be an insider of some type. You know more about this part yeah. than I do. I don't understand yeah, he's, it at he's, all. He's, he's, he's an, he knows something. He's, he's been – he spoiled things before. Yes. Returns. He this isn't the guy that stuff. knows who's going to win all the pay per views. This right? is a different guy because that guy got ran off Reddit for okay. uh, just being a jerk. This guy kind of took his place. I mean, might have been helping people make money on the betting sites. True. Um, the story is as it goes, and we didn't talk about this when we were talking to AJ Francis because it hadn't broken because yet. we didn't know it yet. But and again, it's also because this is still rumor and innuendo at this point. There is no. There's no one corroborating it. Yes, this correct. isn't a widely sourced rumor. This is the one guy on Reddit. That The Undertaker will be a part of SummerSlam, which could lead to him showing up Saturday night at Battleground and perhaps being involved with the main event in a way that would cost Brock Lesnar perhaps setting up Undertaker Brock Lesnar 2 for SummerSlam. Surprising. However, if you go back, you know, the, the first thing I was, I was stunned by to see this, that they would have, A, The Undertaker would be back so quickly. You know, we haven't seen him do one of the, you know, any mid-appearances between Manias. But when you start thinking about it, it starts to make a little more sense when you think about what Paul Heyman has been saying the past few weeks. You know, he's been bringing up the fact that Brock Lesnar conquered Undertaker. He, well, they've essentially always talked about that. He stopped, though, for a few weeks there. He Basically, when Lesnar was a face. Right. Because, you know, that would get boos. And it did. You know, when he mentioned it on Raw, that got a few boos from the crowd. He talked about how Kane was Undertaker's little brother and got that little brother chant going. You know, he started to bring up Undertaker more and more, which, again, doesn't make sense if Lesnar's a face here because you're just trying to draw the ire of the crowd. Now, if he's bringing it out to remind people, hey, this is Undertaker, and to set up a storyline where, hey, he just took, you know, he just pissed off Undertaker, right. makes a little bit more sense. Okay, there's, there's a couple of things here, all right? Um, one, I don't like the Undertaker interrupting the match. The Undertaker's, I don't think it will be. The Undertaker's a face, one, and then yes. two... I don't like the idea of um, Seth Rollins winning without it involving, you know, something on behalf of Seth Rollins. That, like, The Undertaker helping Seth Rollins makes no damn sense. I, and I don't think it would be. I think this would be, and we've seen it stuff like this before where, what was it? It was the Royal Rumble in 08 or something like that where Kurt Angle is standing tall after winning the title right. and then Undertaker comes out at the right. very end. Right. And I'd be okay with that. Or I'd be okay with the scenario where Brock Lesnar lost to Seth Rollins and it, you know, it just so happened to be that, hey, look, look who's here. You know what I mean? Or there's a tease and, and, of some sort. And to be sort. fair, we don't know for sure that this is for Brock. We assume that right. it's for Brock right. because that's it's the most the logical, logical thing. The, the rumor just says he's going to be there. Right. Okay. Fair enough. That the most logical scenario. I guess there's something where he could, you know, have another match with Bray Wyatt. But why? He, yeah. I mean, he and, already beat him. <laughs> and could there be like a retirement match with him and Kane or something like that at SummerSlam? Yeah. I don't know why that would be the case. Um, so we assume that it's Brock Lesnar. That's the assumption, and I, it's it's logical. You know what I mean? Like it. Yeah, there's unfinished I, business there. But I guess it also leaves you with the. I can't. The only reason why you could credibly believe that the Undertaker could beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania was because it was WrestleMania. 
There's no scenario in which credibly you can get me to believe that The Undertaker could beat Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. We know how old The Undertaker is. Right. There's no the the Brock Lesnar is the most P- dominant. Brock Lesnar concussed him and legitimately knocked him out. Like, the near, last time damn near he... killed him. Correct. Yeah. The only thing that made that legitimate was that it was WrestleMania. We all accepted that The Undertaker had this. Ma- we were like believing in yeah, magic. Th- th- this is this is Finn Balor when he puts on the paint. We know it gives him special right. powers. This doesn't work for me. There is no logical scenario in which The Undertaker should even be able to compete with Brock Lesnar. At SummerSlam. I mean, it's just, it's, it's very curious. If you are pushing, Le- I guess, you know, Lesnar's going away, so whatever happens at SummerSlam doesn't necessarily matter in the grand scheme of things. Right, He's going to get the reset again Correct. when he comes back. But, um, you know, if they are pushing, you know, Lesnar as the face, you're not going to put him against Undertaker. Right, right. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, is why would it help to give a second, lo- like, let's just say, okay, you're right, he's going to destroy The Undertaker again. How does that help anybody? I, yeah. I mean... <laughs> The only reason it makes sense is that we just don't know what else to do with Brock Lesnar. For some reason, like right now, right. we have no idea. Right. We, we can't figure it out. But again, none of these scenarios I like. Brock Lesnar Undertaker doesn't need the title. Seth Rollins Triple H doesn't need the title. Well, you can't get it off both of them. Well, you could. I mean, I get with Sheamus. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> no. You could. You very oh, well could. It. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. Oh, God damn it. Now you're making me could, think it's going to happen. Could you imagine if uh, the title match at SummerSlam is Sheamus Randy Orton? Oh, why? I just said when you asked me what I thought about the match, I said, who cares? Oh, God. Please, no. <laughs> Okay, anyway. Good times. Um, Good times. So that, that's, the, that's the loose rumor that we just figured we'd pass along. And then story number three. If you, lo- if you left us, I, you'll be happy to know that uh, you can come back now. Go tell your friends. Maybe you're listening in a group and, and your friend left the room. Tell them to come back. Uh, story number three is about um, an article that was posted by the, no pun intended, the New York Post about oh. uh, pop call. What? I, I was you know, trying to the, the, the pun was, was there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, okay. Just get to it. All right. <laughs> just what was the, the article? Uh, I'm basically, it talked about what we have talked about in the past, which is kind of uh, wrestling hitting the mainstream more and more now. Except it did a weird thing where it gave most of the credit to Jon Stewart, which was really, really weird. Essentially, they said that, that, that Jon Stewart is what has legitimized professional wrestling, which is 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 bizarre. Like, I don't know who pitched this idea. I don't know. I mean, it probably was someone who pitched it and no one knew enough about wrestling to counter it. Like, maybe not. (laughs) Granted, this is the New York Post. Right, correct. It's it's half a tabloid, right? Yes. Um, The reason why this is so weird is because you could write a story about Jon Stewart's role in wrestling, professional wrestling being... Maybe a bit more mainstream right now than we can remember or, it being. Or in the you, past. use it as the focus of it. Like, Absolutely. it would have never been on The Daily Show in 2006 or whatever. It, it's just the notion that you're, you're sort of crediting Jon Stewart with the reason why it is. Jon Stewart has played a role, sure. You know, he showed up on wrestling, he had wrestlers show up on The Daily Show. There's, there's, there's some relationship between Jon Stewart and professional wrestling. But it's not that Jon Stewart, like, created professional <laughs> wrestling. It's it's very weird. It's just a very weird jump that no one really kind of understands how it came about. If the story if the New York Post wanted to write a story about wrestling being more mainstream than ever, 
It seems like a very logical subject. Yeah. It seems like one that I would tend to agree with. It probably is about as mainstream as you can it, ever remember it, it being. It, the, the article's just so weird because it goes from him to Rosenberg to a 33-year-old high school English teacher. Right, but it starts with yeah. John Stewart. Yeah. Like it, it's as if there was nothing mainstream right. about professional wrestling exactly. before John Stewart came along, which I, that's the part that you know you just sort of struggle with. There, right. Look, I loved his segments, for one. First of all, he was great, and he's a legitimate professional wrestling fan, and uh, that's all well and good. But he wasn't the first. He wasn't the first. He, he, he wasn't even the last in that main he event. Was, he was only there for about... 20 minutes. Yeah, but a few weeks as he had Rollins on the show the week before. And Fine, stuff. right. Yeah. Um, but And I don't think he brought any fans. I really don't. Uh, I don't know about I that. Mean, you could argue, and, and you could say that, okay, Jon Stewart had also you know ranted about Rusev that one time on it, or ranted about The Undertaker losing his streak. Yep. You know, he, he wrestling has been a... Uh, when The Shield broke up, he uh, mentioned it on his Monday yeah. show. You know, he constantly mentioned So you could say that he did a lot for... But, you know, even in that WrestleMania build, people on ESPN did you know, yeah, a lot ESPN more than he was much more significant. They, yeah. it, it seems like the New York Post is arguing that Jon Stewart, because of Jon Stewart, ESPN was willing to do right. it. And that, the two have nothing to do with each other. It's, so we all agree this is crazy. Yeah, it's just, it's just very bizarre. But what I did like is that it brings us into our top five for this week. Our top five this week. Speaking of mainstream and professional wrestling... What are your top five most memorable crossover moments for wrestling? So that could be... And I will say, this is memorable. Memorable. <laughs> memorable. Your top five most memorable crossover moments. So either professional wrestling going into pop culture, or sports or whatever, or sports or pop culture coming into professional wrestling. One way or the other. Right. Crossover moments between mainstream culture and professional wrestling. Top five most memorable moments. Uh, to start off, I, I took this more towards the wrestling getting out in the world. Okay. As opposed to I, the I, other. I kind of looked at anything. Yeah. But I think more of mine are probably that yeah. way as well. Um, Let me start with my number five. Okay, go ahead. All right. My number five, it's extremely memorable to me. I was 16. Okay. It was I, right on the – I've told – I've talked before about how as a child I love professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. And then my parents didn't really want, to want me to watch it, and I kind of disappeared from professional wrestling until about we high school. Right. And then around high school, I came back on board with the Attitude Era. There was a moment that was unbelievably, like, so mainstream. Yes. And, and it was, I don't know if, you even, if you're thinking of what I'm thinking of, honestly. I really don't. Okay. Um, it, it happened, this particular pay-per-view had a lot going on. It was surrounded by a lot of appearances on MTV. In the build-up to it, it almost involved, it was very close to involving China in the main event. Ended up not. Instead, it ended up being a triple threat at SummerSlam 99 with special guest referee Jesse the Body Ventura. Okay. Who was at the time the sitting governor yes. of the state of Minnesota. Yes. Yes. The... This is I'm, – I'm using SummerSlam, but it really has more to do with Jesse Ventura yes. becoming the governor of Minnesota. Yes. Jesse Ventura, the body, mm -hmm. the governor of Minnesota, yes. bringing SummerSlam to Minnesota and being the special guest referee in the main event mm -hmm. 
There was so much coverage for this. Well, see, I don't remember it there being that massive. much coverage. You were like 12 at the time. But some of mine are free that. All right, fair. <laughs> there was a ton of coverage for Jesse Ventura because, again, there was an obsession with Jesse Ventura. How did this professional wrestler become the governor of the state of Minnesota? Plus, of course, Jesse Ventura is nuts. Right. He's absolutely insane. So there was a lot of fascination in him between – I don't even remember who the networks were at the time. There was CNN, and I want to say MSNBC existed at that point. I know MSNBC existed. I don't think that Fox News was uh, relevant at that point. No, I don't think so. Um, but it was really big, and it just happened like th- this was a big moment because again, it was if you remember correctly, until like the week before SummerSlam, China, China was the was number involved. one contender. Yes. she was going to be in the yes. main event of SummerSlam right. until re- the week beforehand. That. So there's a lot of attention being paid to yep. a woman, perhaps being in the main event. There was a lot of – I think that MTV had just come to an agreement maybe on Heat. That remember, would be around then, yeah. Because remember, MTV ended up airing Heat for heat a while. Heat and Tough Enough, and that Tough Enough was a little later. It was later, yes. right. But this was like the first time MTV mm-hmm. was really dipping their toes. It was when TRL existed. Yep. So the wrestlers were showing up on TRL. Mm-hmm. It was a huge – I'm, I'm using SummerSlam 99 as sort of an encapsulation of all of these individual things that came into play at once in this massive crossover moment. And uh, it just happened to be in my sort of formulative years for rediscovering my professional wrestling fandom. Okay. Um, I'm going with one just very recent, and that was uh, Brock Lesnar on SportsCenter. I think okay. that one, I'm going to remember that for a while. The fact that, you know, 6 p.m. SportsCenter hits. I was, I was getting prepared for a show, to produce a show, and we just had SportsCenter on, you know, up, up in the bullpen. And all of a sudden I see... Brock Lesnar making a huge announcement, you know, flash up on the top corner of Sports Center, and they spend the rest of the show hyping up Brock Lesnar's right, appearance, right. hyping up this interview. Twitter's going nuts, and then he's there, and it, you know, they treat it as a legitimate thing. They do the interview. They bring in Coachman as like the the analyst after he's done to do a post interview with him, and to give his own analysis. Or was it Coachman or Grisham? It was one of the it two. It was one of those. I don't remember which one. I think it was. I think it was Grisham. Grisham had the moment with CM Punk after CM Punk's announcement. I can't remember if it was – whatever. Anyway. But, but, yeah, but, um, you know, just him sitting there and, and then building Sports Center, Sports Center around Brock oh, I know, Lesnar. I know, I know. Was just something I don't think I'll forget for a very, very long time. Okay. It's not on my list, but I understand the significance of it. I totally get it. My number four, again, uh, going back to those, those years, my formulative years, my number four – is the arrival, and really it was the promos hyping the arrival, of a, a great athlete into the WWE. That is, of course, the gold medalist, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle's arrival in the WWE, again, is somebody... Um, 96 was a huge Olympics because it happened in America. Yeah. Anything that happened in 96 in the Olympics was more relevant than what happened in other Olympics Correct. because... It was happening live in prime time in front of our eyes. Yes. We were captivated by the 96 Olympics, even more so after the um, bombing. Correct. That we, this country was obsessed with the 96 Olympics because for many of us, if you're my age, I know that we ultimately had the Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City. The Winter Olympics don't care. No, I mean, that was but, the first Olympics I truly paid attention to. Uh, but I think that for a lot of people, it's just that if you're of a certain age, it's the only Summer Olympics that have ever happened in America. Correct. And that's significant. Yes. It's very significant, specifically because they were in the Eastern Time Zone. On top of that, everything lined up 
the 96 Olympics mattered. So for one of the, the, the stars of the 96 Olympics to be joining the WWE was a really, really big deal. Okay. And Kurt Angle's arrival, the credibility that he brought mm-hmm. with him to the WWE was very significant. Um, also, as it turns out, he's, he's one, awesome. of the, one of the greatest yes. uh, performers of all time. Yes. But at the time, it was just the thought that a high-level... you know, perf- Olympic gold medalist. Correct was coming to join the WWE. It was un- unthinkable. Now, it's unthinkable for a lot of people of a certain age for you to say, oh, by the way, you know, that guy won a gold medal in the Olympics. You'd be like, what, Kurt Angle? You know, like, really? Yeah, it was really really a big deal yeah. in 96. Uh, and go- it wasn't 96 where he joined the WWE, but, you know, in the, in the years after that. I, I'm, I'm going the other way with my number four as to it was a huge moment, but for all of the wrong reasons as far as wrestling goes. Uh, WCW, David Arquette winning the WCW title. And if you remember, that got a lot of mainstream publicity. David Arquette was... He wasn't a huge star at the time, but, but he, he was in like Scream and he... Yeah. You know, like there were... He was a probably B, B to B minus yeah, sure. list person. Sure. And this was still when wrestling was really hot. And for an actor to win the WCW title, with this was... I mean, WCW, I think most wrestling fans realized that it was on its way down, but most uh, non-wrestling fans didn't realize this. And they're like, oh, my God, David Arquette is the champion of this wrestling thing. And it was terrible. And it was the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, people point to it as one of the, the big th- reasons why WCW died. I think WCW was dying anyways. But, um, yeah, uh, but that was a huge mainstream thing. I'm never going to forget it. It's you know when you when you bring up WCW, right. that's one of the first things you talk about no is David Arquette's champion. No doubt that some people and, think it helped uh, ruin the WCW. Yep. My number three. Uh, we we just it's funny that we just referenced it uh, not too long ago, but I, the film The Wrestler did a lot for professional wrestling, not because of an association with professional wrestling, because again, it was very distanced from the WWE at first. Ended up not being quite as distant, and I'll get to that. The critical acclaim the wrestler received was so important to professional wrestling because in a weird way, it brought credibility to professional wrestling. If the wrestler had been ready to rumble, if the wrestler had been... It would have been a no laughable... A laughable... Oh, right, yeah, silly wrestling at it again. Mm-hmm. The wrestler was an amazing motion picture. Yes, it was. It was phenomenal. And what came with that is renewed interest in professional wrestling. Now, maybe in some cases for the wrong reasons. Hey, let's check in on real-life versions of Randy the Ram Robinson. That might not have been good for professional wrestling, but it did get them attention. And ultimately, uh, Mickey Rourke's willingness to show up at WrestleMania. Now, disappointing because they wanted him to wrestle, and because he was up for an Academy Award, he couldn't do that. Right. Um, But at least his willingness to show up for WrestleMania... In the moment, was massive. This was a guy nominated for Best Actor at the Academy Awards. Correct. That was showing up at WrestleMania and staring down Chris Jericho. That's huge. Yep. Yep. Huge in that moment. Mickey Rourke was really hot because of that. You know, when you're nominated for Best Actor, right. you're going to be really hot. Right. So it's not just the movie itself. It's that the movie was so well-received by critics. Because, frankly, it did not make a ton of money. It was not a blockbuster, necessarily. In fact, like, for the first few weeks you couldn't find it in the theater anywhere i had to go track down a theater in order to be able to see it right but because it was so regarded by critics and received so much acclaim i think it ended up being a huge a seminal moment for professional wrestling almost by accident it's number three on my list um i mean that's good i didn't even think about that but that's a pretty good one 
Um, mine is, it's a little bit of an abstract one. It's not an appearance of a celebrity. It's not an appearance of a wrestler elsewhere. Okay. It's the yes chance. The way uh, that yeah, they proliferated sports. I got more questions about from yeah. non-wrestling fans about the yes chance than anything I can ever remember wrestling. Really. Over the past two years, the yes chance have taken over sports, especially in places like Pittsburgh, Michigan State. You know, there were, there were big-time moments. Was it ESP? No, the San Francisco Giants. The, Gi- or... the Giants. You had Daniel Bryan on the, the yeah. parade route there. You had the, the halftime at the Michigan State basketball game where one of the football players led everybody in the yes right, chance. And right. that was on ESPN. Like, that was, it was at high schools. It was, it was everywhere. The yes chants were legit. And you still hear them today, just randomly. You'll go to a Mets game and someone will hit home run. You'll hear yes, yes, right, yes. Right, right. That might have more lasting, uh, more lasting success than anything in wrestling. Because that could go on for a long, long time. No, and you're absolutely right. It definitely, you know, I don't know if it brought any fans to wrestling, but it made them aware of wrestling. Uh, correct. You're absolutely correct about that. And, and, and you're right, because it's not one moment, but it was very significant, and it, it did show, you know, you can make an argument Fondangoing had a similar sort of, it did not proliferate the way that yeah. the, the Yes chant did, but it definitely had its moment in pop culture. There's no doubt about that. So I think it's a good answer. Uh, number two was the uh, when we were coming, we were making our lists before we went on the air, and I said one of them was obvious that I hadn't considered, I, and I I might even guess that it might be number one on your list, um, but I got one that's better. My number two is the XFL. Oh, I didn't even think of that one. Really? Really? The XFL had its moment. It was oh, yeah. insane. Oh, it was. It was great. For two weeks, it was great. For two weeks, I, I enjoyed the. Well, I, I don't say want to I say that enjoyed, I enjoyed, but I watched. I mean, I think the XFL doesn't get enough credit for some of the things it did bring to football. Yeah, I mean, correct. There's. I mean, it was it was ridiculous, but I mean, the reason that it failed wasn't the wasn't well, okay. because of creatively. It was because they had no talented. Well, players. there was no talent, and also because the the expectations were far too high. Right. It should have never been on NBC. It should have never been. You know, and, and the way they were hyping it up, they thought it would. People thought it was going to be NFL blitz come to come to right, life. and you can't do that. Right. It's impossible to do that. But it was decent football, depending if you're comparing it to the Arena League. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, it, if your if your competition is the Canadian Football League, the XFL wasn't bad. It wasn't. But they don't put the Canadian Football League on NBC. They, putting them on NBC doomed them. It really doomed them because they needed the NB, They needed NBC money wise in order to make it work. But they could never live up the expectations that NBC had. In order to, to qualify, remember there was that awful night. Doomed the XFL was the night that NBC had Jennifer Lopez hosting and musical guest on SNL. Okay. And she had at the time the number one movie and the number one album in America. Right. And the XFL game ran long. And so SNL didn't start until about like midnight, 12.15. And Lorne Michaels was losing his shit in the process, like lost his mind because it was this huge, massive moment for them to have Jennifer Lopez as the host and the musical guest, and the show wasn't going to start until after midnight because of the XFL. Yeah. And it was over. Like, yeah. there was never any getting over that. Right. And once NBC was gone, everything, everything. was gone. Yep. The whole thing was gone. But it was unbelievably... Yeah. The, uh, WWE programming existed on network television on Saturday night at 8 o'clock for four months. That's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Um, it just ultimately met its demise very quickly. And 
it's fascinating. I get obsessed going back and reading about the XFL. Oh, there, and, so, someone did an oral history. Yeah, fairly like yeah. in the past four months, probably. And it was about. really good. Yeah, it was really good. But I, I still like the XFL. It, it, that's one of the things. Whenever I go to like a trade show, or oh, whatever, I get really excited. I lo- I specifically look for to a see football. A football or any anything from when the I, XFL. I've been in multiple offices in my life where somebody had an XFL football, and I freak I, out. I have, you know, not an actual one, but, like, the one they would sell in, you know, wherever. Yeah. I have one of those back at my parents' house somewhere. Oh, so but, cool. But I, I, I always look like if I can find a helmet, like an actual game-used helmet or something, that's something I'm always on the lookout for because it's better than And didn't they make one of their lead broadcasting crews, Ross and Lawler? I don't know if it was Ross was definitely I'm pretty involved. sure it, it's it was, very pot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a it was a terrible mistake. Yeah, you know what I mean. They they because Dick Butkus was one of their lead announcers right. as well. They did some other things that were smart, but but then you ugh. know they did cheerleading. You know to focus on well they, they were going to take the camera into the, uh, the, the cheerleaders exactly. locker room at halftime. Yeah. Like like because yes now you're going to be able to show nudity. Yeah. on NBC. You know you've broken I the say, FCC I, law. I, I, I liked the. Uh, who can get the football for the coin oh, toss? Of course he did. It was great. It was. <laughs> it you know, there was so much about it that was yeah. great. Uh, my number two, it, it, and it's going to be the one that probably everyone thought of the, when we first said the topic. Uh, Mike Tyson. I mean, that was such a huge, huge thing. It was big. It was huge. It was huge wrestling. It was huge on ESPN. It was huge everywhere because Mike Tyson was one of the biggest athletes on the planet at the time. Him going in there, especially when. You know, he did the thing with Austin. He did some of the stuff with uh, DX, but mainly all the stuff at the stare down with Austin. The fact that Austin pushed him and hit him, hit him and stuff. I mean, that lived on highlight reels on Sports Center and everything else yep. for the entire build to WrestleMania. That was the—I don't want to say that was the first time an athlete really had done that. You know, with ESPN and and you know, gotten on all the highlight reels. But it was one of the first times, well, possibly the biggest time. That uh, you know they really used ES- were able to use ESPN to market and the news to market a pay per view. I mean, correct. It was <laughs> it was a big moment. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. I can't believe we haven't had any that were the same. Like we've yeah, that, that's had unusual. Eight different ones so far. I, I think we had a slightly different mindset going into this. Yeah, maybe. But... All right. So I want to know your number one before I give my number one. All right, my number one. It's a, another athlete one, and the reason I put this number one above Tyson is because of the way that I remember it. Okay. And that's uh, – it's WCW again, and that's Malone mm-hmm. and Rodman mm-hmm. coming to WCW. The reason I put this so high is that uh, when this happened, I remember I had a baseball game that night. I had to go play in a baseball game. And the way I found out what happened is I came home. I turned on SportsCenter, and SportsCenter was like, oh, in WCW tonight, you know, Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman – beat Carl Malone and Diamond Dallas Page after the disciple came in and ran interference. <laughs> like, that's how I found out exactly uh, how that happened. And that was the first time I could ever remember them reading results of something that happened in no, wrestling right. on it. And that was just so huge. I mean, that was a big... Carl Malone and Des Robin were two of the biggest stars in the NBA at the time. How did that happen? Was it just that I know it was the off season, but was it also I, the I, lockout? I or? feel like it was. I, and Jay Leno was involved. Well, Leno was like the, the I think it was the summer before. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Because right. that was the second time Rodman had showed up. Uh, okay. Because they right. did Rodman and Leno this in the summer before, and this time it was Malone and Malone right. and Rodman because they were able. Maybe to... Maybe they went on Leno to hype it, and that's why I remember Leno being involved. That's possible too. But you know, this was 
Because this was also the Bulls and Jazz when they were in the final. Like, this was just such a huge thing. And even though it was a terrible match and wrestling fans who aren't sports fans don't remember it fondly, I just... I will always remember the fact that I found out the results of a wrestling match on SportsCenter. That's a great point. (laughs) That's a great point. Uh, My number one, and I... Not only do I think it was the most memorable WWE crossover or professional wrestling crossover moment in my life, but it's also one of my absolute favorite episodes of one of my favorite TV shows of all time. It's the first time The Rock hosted SNL. Okay. I mean, it was, and it was the beginning of The Rock. This launched... Remember The Rock had a bit part, a bit part in The Mummy 2. Yes. It was not a significant role. And it was laughable because he had the worst CGI ever. Right. Yes. This really was the first time that a lot of anyone outside of professional wrestling saw this dude in action, and he was phenomenal. Yep. And it changed everything. Everything. Now, if you also remember, that was really, this was, when The Rock was so little of a mainstream character that they sent along, like Triple H and The Big Show, and there were other cameos. Right. In this, this was a. Mankind was a it was more that like the WWE was hosting Raw mm-hmm. that night or hosting SNL than it was The Rock hosting SNL that night, but it was mammoth. Yeah, and it turned the tide for The Rock, and in in many ways, WWE's mainstream appreciation has very much coincided with The Rock's mainstream appreciation. And so for me, the most memorable crossover moment was that first time that The Rock hosted SNL. We had okay. ten different. Moments on our lists. Yep. It's kind of wild. Wouldn't have expected that. All right. Thanks to uh, AJ Francis, our main event, for joining us a little bit earlier on in today's show. Uh, Aaron, you're going to be out at uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling Saturday night, yeah, right? Yeah, that's, that's my plan. Go out to the Shane Shamrock Cup. Great event. I'm going to try uh, to get there. It's everything. Everything is up in the air for me. Like everything. Like a kid. It's the way it is. I'm going to try to get there if I can. But it's, great, it's going to be a great card. It's always a great event. A lot of fun out there in Joppa. Uh, so if you say if you see us, say uh, hello. Buy us a beer. You know that's the way that it works. Yep. Um, appreciate that. Aaron, what do you have coming up at uh, Baltimore Sun, Rolling Stone? Uh, speaking of the Shane Shamrock Cup, I'll have one of the competitors in the Shamrock Cup, an interview with him coming out probably Thursday. So this may, by the time the show goes up, may be out uh, with Matt Cross, M Dog, or Son of Havoc for you Lucha Underground. Uh, Watchers out there, we talk a lot about Lucha Underground. We talk a little bit about his advice to Patrick on Tough Enough, since he, Patrick, and Matt had very similar, uh, very similar roles to play. So I asked him what advice he would give Patrick. We just kind of talk about the state of wrestling in general. It's a pretty good interview that will be out on the Baltimore Sun. And also, if you haven't seen it yet, I had an interview with the one and only Blue Pants for oh, Rolling right, Stone right. this week. So that came out this week. You should go see uh, Leva Bates. Uh, absolutely fantastic interview. She's great, has great outlook on wrestling, and she probably would not be too happy with uh, us because she likes to live in the moment. She tells her fans, don't worry about whether or not I'm going to get a push. Just appreciate the fact that I'm here on television right now. That's cool. So uh, That's that, cool. that was a great interview. Go check that on Rolling Stone. Very, very cool. On Twitter, you are? The Aoster. At The Aoster. I am at Glenn Clark Radio, and, of course, I do sports at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, got some stuff in the pipeline for next week, and nothing that we'll you know unveil. But we got some stuff that we're working on next week, and uh, hopefully we will make that happen for you. Please continue to spread the word. Do everything you can do. First of all, support WrestleCrate, great sponsor of ours. But also, please, just go if you if you listen to the podcast, hit subscribe, like it, give us some stars, 
Go to Twitter. Be like Brandon, who is our by far and away our best listener, who is always talking about how uh, much he enjoys the show on Twitter and on Facebook and places like that. We are very much grassroots. We can still use your support, and we thank you in advance for providing it. For Aaron Oster, I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out.